This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studio. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Around the table today, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns, big man on the board, Chris Sims, sitting in for Jim Franklin tonight, the smartest guy we all know, Derek Smith. Uh, I'm your host, Jay Thompson, and here's a little look into today's show. Uh, tonight's guest is going to be Tim Landweir of Tight Lines Fly Fishing Company. Uh, I mean, other than talking to Tim, I mean, we're going to catch up with Derek. I haven't got to talk to you in a couple months, so you've done yeah, a few d- things out there. Two weeks in yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do a hunting wrap up. I sat and watched deer yesterday for a while, and then uh, we have a tying night coming up, and uh, we'll see where the other topics of tonight. We're just going to let them flow. <laughs> they're just gonna they're just gonna come out naturally do you trust something <laughs> chris put a little faith in something huh all right i'll i'll just jump hold on hold it. on before we yeah. get to before we get to your story here, who are we brought to you by mark we've got yeti built for the wild sims fishing Cortland, check out the uh, pike musky lines time of the year for them and we've got i'm missing one arex fresh and salt water check my arexhooks.com Friends of the show, we have Ryan Eppins up at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Musky Fool, and the Nittany Valley Musky Alliance. They had a pretty sweet hoodie they just they just had on Instagram, Musky Fool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that the Martian hoodie, one or uh, the one it's got like a hallucin- hallucinations. Of oh muskies. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they did a like a few mm-hmm. different designs and a couple different shirts and. Hoodies and stuff. A couple weeks ago, didn't they have a Muck Fuskies too sweatshirt? Yeah. Going on? Yep. Yep. Yeah, how you been? Uh, how you been liking the uh, buckle you got from them? Love it. Good jacket. It. Yeah. Awesome. It's Gore-Tex warm. I'm actually too too fold. I bought that for skiing too. Nice. Is it too warm? No. Well, not for skiing. Well, um, but I'll, I'll be honest. But I was, you're like sub thirty degree needing that. Yeah, you definitely want to have it nice and cold outside. It has a removable liner though, correct? No. No? It's no, built in? It's built right okay. in. Okay. Yeah. Is that, you got the this year's model last? I got this year's model. So you got the newest one. Yeah. yeah. Dan cool. hooked me up. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw that when we were at the, the Beast of the East. Yeah. You had You'd be jacket. roasting then in it, aren't you? Uh, I don't know. The mornings would have been fine. Or two years ago when the wind had picked up. Uh, but it, that one you saw at the Beast was the actual, that was the Challenger, yeah. the lightweight. Oh, okay. Oh, that wasn't the Bulkley you had. No, on that no, 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 no. I had the Bulkley on at camp, but yeah, when camp. I was out on the boat, it was the cha- I, I had the Challenger on. Which we needed this year. We had we had some rain. Yeah, and that day second was day was windy. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, we haven't got to talk to you <clears throat> since we di- all did that. Uh, you know, we'll start there. I know you went to uh, Illinois. Right, I did doing I some hunting. We yep. get uh, we're going to touch on. Well, let's start with the uh, start with the beast though. With the, with the two trout sets, we yeah, might as well just get right on Mark, the table yeah, right now. All right, just toss it right yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to uh-huh. hear about. I want to hear Mark give you hell. <laughs> oh. So both of those fish were on top of the bank. I'm going to give myself some excuses the best I can here. Uh, I threw it in. It wasn't even a full strip set before either one of those fish hit. And I was completely caught off guard. I'll be honest. The Wait, first you one. You said strip set there. Well, all right. Trout first strip. First, first strip. strip kind of set. Arm came up. You know, kind of scenario. The the one I did catch, uh, I did I did strip as I was trout setting. So at least I got down. The second <laughs> one, 
shit, that fish hit, and I swear to God, the fly was out of the water before the damn thing spun <laughs> around. So that uh, that second fish is still haunting me today. But yeah, that, you'd have placed. Well, yeah, I would have placed. I would have. That that was a big bigger. That second fish was a bigger fish. Um, I threw it up in tight. I was planning there was a shelf to come down off a shelf. I wanted to throw it in tight and have it slide down that shelf. You're talking a few inches of water. It couldn't have been more than five, six, seven inches of water right on that bank. In. Threw it right up on the bank, and it, as soon as it came in the water, it came maybe half a strip back, started going down, and that fish hammered it, and I yanked the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you think it was a trout hitting uh, a dry fly or something since it happened so fast, or uh, what? I guilty as charged, Jay. What, uh, I, I, what, uh, I, I own all this. At the end of the day, hey. Jim was like, Holy shit, look at that trout set. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I hope he got uh, that on video. He, you know, I don't know if we have that on video or not. <laughs> we have to go back and check the footage out. Yeah, Jim, if you're listening, fine. I think what we need idea. to do <laughs> is next time you're in the boat, you show up in the morning, you put 250 bucks in a can. Oh. At the end of the day, <laughs> you, you strip set everything, you get it back. You, don't, you know what? The donation to the, the Muskie guy. It's it like a, you paying the fee for strip If it was setting. a stump, I'd have strip set the shit out Every of that one. thing. Every single one yeah, of my only, strip I set t- like a bet. So I told Jim, so I said, you, that st- <laughs> you strip set every stump and trout set every fish. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I, I mean, I, I've watched you strip set stumps in 15 feet of water. I yeah. have no idea how you got to fly down there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're, it's like I don't, Fact. it's amazing. <laughs> and then the next thing the fish hits is like, boom. Straight up. Yep. <laughs> I've been watching the strip set every the practice one out there. Yeah, I, and and Mark's right. If you take me out there, I will find the stick. I will find the stump. That's a guarantee. Yeah, it's amazing. You it's do. a guarantee. You, you, you need a way for sticking them in trees. <laughs> what? Uh, <clears throat> Und- underwater trees. Underwater trees. Underwater. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing, though, because we'll be in like 14, 15 foot of water, and he'll have like a big tubing head on, throwing the same line I am. It's like, hung, hung, hung. What the because Rick's <laughs> gift is putting them in trees. Oh, uh, Rick likes putting them way up the water. in the water. Yeah, hundred percent. Mine are non-retrievable majority of the time. Oh, that's yeah. Right. So you've lost some good ones. I and have you, lost some good flies this that, year. That fly one changer good. one that you had that I remember specifically. Oh, that I, I spent two and a half hours on that I sucker. Remember that? <laughs> you got I like three like, casts. I literally was almost ready to cry, and he's like, "You're thinking about jumping in?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly thinking oh, about like jumping in." I was like 42 degree uh, water. We're sitting there it, in like <laughs> probably eight to 12 foot. If it was a little warmer, I'd have jumped in. I've gone in for flies uh, in I the debated, Big River. I debated it. I lost my anchor. Yeah, I remember. And had to go in the river one I time. I can't believe you found that that day. Yeah. Because we were like, we probably drifted 15, 20 feet past that. Wow. It was crazy. I found it, though. Are we talking about the, the heroin river? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part is, is we made it the whole way to the takeout. It was literally at the takeout. We were getting ready to anchor to, like, fish the spot across. And it was like, boom. And <laughs> Jay's eyes just laid up. It's like, <gasps> what? You dropped the rope? What happened? Yeah, that, was, that was me, you, and Michael, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the knot what it wasn't good. Yeah, it just I've slipped never... right at the end. <laughs> just boom, and he just turns and looks at me. I'm like, it's <laughs> 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 never happened since. But oh man, you know, I was like, well, I guess I'm getting out of the wa- into the water, and I was probably. I was pretty deep in water, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've talked about it before, but every time I still think of that day on my boat, and we're sitting there, and you, I think you got snagged in the back oh, of my yeah. trans. I'm sitting over top of this log. He's like, can I get out? I'm like, yeah, just like 
three feet or like two and a half feet. He hops out and it was a log and it was and he just drops. <laughs> <laughs> or eight feet, you know. Oh, so he just holds on to the side of the boat. He's like, boom, pops back up. Not two feet. <laughs> oh, it's I'm dying. going down for some flies, man. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I'm like, dude, I'm about to get undressed and go down here and get this thing. Yeah, it's, it's like almost worth it. Where we're sitting, I'm like, I can't believe that's two feet, but that's what it says. <laughs> nope, sitting on top of a tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, remember, I remember putting my foot on the log. Yeah, and, and then like dunk, way right down. Oh, get him, get him, get him. Uh, that's funny. So what? Uh, <clears throat> what was the fly? The fly that caught the fish? Yeah, and and where is that now? Thank you. Thank you also. <laughs> that was a beautiful <laughs> minnow that Mark had made for me, special just for the tournament. That hooked the first fly. What, uh, describe a little? It was a black double. It was a black. Uh, I thought it was, it was black. A, it had a black lot of and, stuff. Black and, and orange and, and a little bit of white. And the head would be, it had um, those, um, what come, what eyes? The eyes were like some like tiger. There were a different color on it, but. No, black and red, I thought. Were they? I don't remember, maybe. I don't know. It was a badass fly. I still got to make another one. Have and then, uh, somehow I had either. Twist the clip itself, it either bent or had gotten loosened up on one of my stump sets. And I don't know what if it was either a fish or another stump, but I strip set and came back up out of the water with no fly. The clip was broke, it was, was bent straight, it was gone. Ooh. Are you using like the like the clips that the oh, I don't know, the ones that twist down in yeah, the the what quick connects so. Yeah, I don't really have a too too many, me, but there's times that they'll something I, will happen. But it's it's r- very rare it does, but there is have, times. I had to have damaged it somewhere. Typically, the, it's on like a log or something, and you strip and you pull, and it like. Or I was changing or, flies and it was in a hurry, and I bent it. You know, one of those situations. Yeah, how, who, mm-hmm. God knows how many times you like pushed, yeah, pushed yeah, exactly. down on it, and how many times it's done. It that probably too. should have been cut off and redone, and you learn the hard way. And now I got to mm-hmm. wait for Mark to make me another one. Yeah, I, I redo all my. All my leaders every year. Every year. Uh, going into the tournament. There <laughs> every year. <laughs> well, I tie 10 at a time. So I'll tie 10. Okay. And then uh, probably when, the, when we get the first ice out and I can't go, I'm like, I'm going to tie leaders. And I'll, I'll tie 10. And I'll tie like three at two feet and three at 18 inches and three for floating lines. I usually carry a couple extra myself. And that was a newer one. Like at the end of the day, I, it, it probably was me taking flies on and off, but I know that those black, like I have a swivel box just for swivels and clips and such. I went in and took those black ones and they all went in the garbage can. I well, believe so. As if I wasn't going to trust it, they're gone. And then I have a heavier gauged silver one that Mark recommended that's in there now. So all those other ones are gone. No, you're just reminding me because I've tried to order them and everywhere I order them from is out, but I'm going to Boardman next week. I'm going to stop over and grab them. Yeah. Fin, was a Fin fur feather for Fin? Whatever. Something like that. Yep. They got I a think good so. selection of stuff over Isn't there. But one in Grove City, too? No. That's a CDC or some consumer direct sporting CDS. Oh, I thought it was a Fin fur and feather or whatever over by the outlets. Uh, no, unless they're something new. But they got uh, Victor and Ox knives. Oh. And I have burned my bucktail knife up. How was that? Uh, the plates over in Niles. I haven't went yet. Oh, Bass you Bass Pro. Got, yeah, I still haven't gone over yet. Oh, no. okay. No, okay. I've been doing is bucktail. Yeah, I didn't know if you. I thought when you bought Some time that, flies. we talked about a uh, couple, or we were supposed to talk about last week, 
Oh, you got my a new hummingbird? Yeah, you got a new no, hummingbird I just string? bought it online. I did oh. get it from Bass Pro. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that was a screaming deal. Oh, yeah, I thought you, I thought you yeah, absolutely. I thought you might have ran over there, checked out the old and new one over. No, I wanted to, and I just haven't been able to get out. It's like every day is just tying and tying and tails. So, but no, I got a uh, the new Helix. I have a seven inch now, so I got the new Gen Four. They had a Black Friday deal. It was stupid good. Six hundred off. So I got a nine inch. Everything on it, side view, down view, GPS. That's awesome. But that's got the new chirp mag on it. So the nice part is, is what I'll do is I'll put that at the helm, run my transducer out the back. I'll run an Ethernet to the 7 up front. So then whenever I have that one in use, it'll run the same screen up to it. And then whenever I drop the front trolling motor, I can just switch it over to that one then. So then that way I can see, like, my front depth on the boat. So if I'm working, like, a line or if I'm going up in to go get a snag or something like that out, I've got true depth in the front of the boat, not off the back. That's sweet. Hell yeah. yeah. I know we wanted Pretty to mention that. Yeah, we wanted to mention that. And I, you know, we were just talking about places and it reminded me of that. I've really been enjoying uh, building this boat with you online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get all my ducks in a row. I tell you what, though, at the end of the day, I mean, if I screw around long enough, a deal is going to pop up on something a couple years old that someone's looking to unload too. Kind of not afraid to keep my eyes peeled for that. So so what are you going to use to get them to communicate between each other? Uh, so what they have is they have a dongle that goes off the back of each one that runs to your Ethernet cord. So your Ethernet cord screws into the dongle, so you have connection there, and then it goes to your ports for each one. And then if you go for more, to th- more than two, they have a hub, oh, like just a central say, hub. Don't they have the hubs with the mm-hmm. CPUs too? Yep, yeah. they have a central hub with a CPU you can run to it. And uh, I'm not going to need more than two on a 16-foot. I'll have my one up front, my one at the wheel, and then I'm good. Yeah, my buddy down in Illinois. But if you do need more, you can. Runs the Garmin units down there. Yeah, he's got he's got the hub. Yep, you could just run the hub right into, and then it'll communicate. I think up to five or six at that point. But you, I tell you what, it is ridiculous how much bigger that is than the other one. I mean, it's like you step up to a whole. I mean, that's that whole screen's. You're talking 14, 15 inch unit or so. I mean, it's a lot heavier. You have me looking at uh, the Solixes now. Which is oh, you would go right up to the Solex. That's sweet. That'd be cool. See, the nice part is, is at least with that, I don't feel like it's Chinese. Because like I get on yours and Jim's, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Like up on my hummingbird, I can just hum right through it. Yeah, and I'm not brand specific to Lawrence. It's just what Wiggle Brothers had when I when I bought my boat, and I'm like, give me that Lawrence. Well, that's a nice one though. That's a good unit. I'm looking for a really good unit. So I might be hitting you up on that one. As long as you if I get a hummingbird. I'll, yeah, there you I'll go. Hook Selling you up on that, that. Deal. Deal. Nice. Because the front end of my boat, I want to upgrade. We need to it's figure got, out how to get the uh, football, the football onto the oh, we the do. Screens. I know how That's, to do that. All right. <laughs> so all you got to do there is you just got to get the um, you t- turn your Bluetooth on, and then you get a USB that plugs for the USB into your phone, like that cord too, mm-hmm. and then it'll, there's a um, adapter that'll go into the. That's what. Bird. That's what we need. Another distraction. As you say that. <laughs> Three boats sitting out in the middle of the lake. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, musky swimming all around us. <laughs> We're screaming at Because, yeah, yeah I, got N- well, I got NFL we Network have our on it. priorities. Yeah. Come on, priorities here. Oh, yeah, we're sitting here watching the Niners game. I have to. Yeah, you guys are both playing tonight, Cowboys and Eagles Hell games. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. First time I'll be rooting. I hate, hate both teams. I'll be rooting <laughs> for the Cowboys. Oh, oh you guys are going to drop the five if you lose this one. I know. That's why we won't. Dak Prescott's playing... Like an MVP, just yeah. like this guy. Purdy's keeping it going right yep. now. Purdy's pretty right damn now. good. I I can't talk about my team. He's my fantasy quarterback, and I'm in a I'm in a no. tight spot today. So let's go, Purdy. 
Um, Even my Penguins stink right now. Yeah, they have been dropping games. Yeah, in overtime, which is they get the point, but they can't they can't finish. And th- what are they? O for thirty one in power plays. Wow, really? Yeah, it's that bad. Wow. Yeah, even with Crosby. Even w- in the in the power play line right now is like their line. Yeah, Latang, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, and Rust, and they can't they can't get it done. Wow, it's infuriating. So back to uh, I want to you were talking about right before we came on uh, the thing this thing you have for your wrist that holds the yeah so the fly I rod I was suffer, it made for a fly rod well so I suffer from pretty bad carpal tunnel and what I've had is is that I will muscles will hold up for quite a little while but after a, a long couple of hours it will I'll start to lose strength and, and I can't it's the follow through that usually gets me. And so this year I tried a, I did a, a, a sports brace, but then there was also, I found this, this guy that had, um, I did some Google research and it's just a simple wrap that goes around your wrist, but it's got a loop underneath it where your butt can slide down in of your rod. Then you slide the, and what it is, is you can't break between the sports brace and that wrapped around your brace. You can't break your wrist. So when I was casting this year, it was all arm, and I was getting a lot. Tom's 12-weight single piece with with all arm. I had so much power with that rod just casting this year, and I didn't get fatigued. I, you know, I didn't have to sit down after an hour and a half or two hours of casting. I actually was, was good. And I gave it to uh, Pat and Jim to give it a try, and they were also pretty impressed with the strength you could get behind that cast. Now, it is a pain in the ass when you need to set your rod down for anything because you're hooked to it. No, there's no getting out of it. Like, it, it is part of you. So when I hit, when I got that fish, as I was bringing it in, I actually grabbed the, the, the Velcro and ripped it off as fast as I could. And it was still attached to the bottom of that rod, but at least I could get my free movement within my arm again. But for casting, it allowed me to go all day. So out of curiosity... Since it it re- restricted all wrist movement, how the hell do you trout set? Oh, it's all arm. <laughs> all arm, baby. All arm. All arm. <laughs> Especially in that second one. I mean, that fly came out of the water. No shit. He's good. He'd be good at slot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just straight up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, earned. Not given. <laughs> earned. Earned, not given. So, uh... Uh, that aside, tell us about this trip to Illinois. Yeah, it was another good year. Um, we ended up going down uh, the first week of November, chasing whitetail. Uh, I'm spoiled. One of my best friends has got a large farm down there, and uh, I've been going for 10 years. I've got three good buck out of there. Uh, first night, I had a really nice nine-point come in, a little younger deer, two-and-a-half, three-year-old kind of deal. Uh, right below the tree, if he was in three or four days later, he'd have had an arrow. But being the first night, I kind of let him go because at the exact same time, well, 140 class eight point stood at the top of the field and I might be underestimating him. And I thought maybe he'd come down. There was some dough in that other nine point down around milling below me. I thought he'd come down. Didn't. Um, but about an hour later, he ended up making it up to dad at O dark 30 and dad's sights didn't have 
Luminox. He didn't have any, not Luminox, light up sights. Right. And so he was looking above, looking below, looking above, looking below. He's like, shit, I can't see it. So he poked and hoped. Miss, clean miss. Uh, but at the end of the day, getting to go out with dad, he's in his 70s, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. We've been hunting together for decades, obviously. I like to do a trip every year with him. He's doing a crossbow? Yeah, he is. Yep. Um, and then he got one last year. Um, and so and this year he got to hit again or swing again. So it was nice. Uh, we had a couple other opportunities throughout the week. Uh, but I'm pretty fussy when it comes to Illinois. I've got some, I got three nice deer on the wall, all $500 north. So if it's going on the wall again, it's, if it's shot, it's got to go on the wall. And if it's, uh, going to get shot, it's going to have to be holy shit factor as I call it. Right. Uh, so I saw a couple of good deer, but only the one that I probably would have pulled the trigger on that 9.0. Like I said, he was right on the edge. If he had shown up later in the week, he'd, he'd have been in trouble, but being the first night, had uh, two bob bobcat run right below the tree. That was awesome. That's uh, cool. Yeah, that's the second time I've been in that tree stand. The bobcat were actually literally playing right below me or running right below me. So nice. It, it's a good time. You have uh, they're like stands set up in a lot of different places where you have different options to yeah. go and kind of sit. Yeah. Uh, so I go down. I went down in June. It's been two years since we did the straps. So I went down and did a, a work weekend. Regretfully, it was just me. And the, my buddy who owns the land. So I went around, reset all of the straps, got everything nice and safe and secure for everybody. But I still climb. Um, so um, the the spots I go, no one else, else kind of hunts because no one else wants to climb. And so Jim is, uh, he's going to be looking at teaching me the saddle this year. Uh, I've been using Summit Climbers. They're nice, but you get your backpack for an all-day sit, your bow, and a Summit. You're lugging 40, 50 pounds all the way across the field, down over the hill, up a ravine, then get into a tree and climb the tree and try to do that stealthy, stealthily at 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. It gets to be a pain in the ass. So these saddles I'm hearing is where it's at, 8 pounds, packing in the whole 9 yards. They're pretty slick. That's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law uses one. Um, I'm just I, – I don't know. He has the climbing sticks or whatever. And then uses a saddle? Yeah. Whatever they're saying. I Climbing sticks. Sticks. So the, you'll get three or four sets of sticks. And you slap them on, you climb up, and you just keep going. Oh, for your hands. Sticks. For yep. your pulling it's, up with your hands. It's just like a ladder. Yeah. You just Okay. Strap and then the saddle goes around like your waist. Right. Then then there's oh! a touchdown. You'll see this pick. <laughs> All right. So good. Sorry. So <laughs> some guys, though, are, are doing single sets. Uh and the single sets is when they're actually tying everything on with, with quick set knots, and they're reaching backwards and then just pulling the knot Okay. Yep. while they're suspended from the tree, pulling it up, retying it on, climbing up, retying in their saddle, pulling, ooh, pulling, the, knot, breaking pulling the knot, and then keep going all the way up that I way. I wouldn't open that beer for a minute. No, I, th I think that beer's done for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and so I, don't, I think I'll probably be multiple climbing sticks as opposed to a single. I do know some knots, though. Yeah, I'm a <clears throat> no. I'm a no on that. You got mossed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a no on climbing. If, if it's not. I want to see you in a saddle. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would always climbed everything, and I'd never had an issue, but I never liked being like, you know, I would always well, be strapped in the whole time. 
So yeah. as long as I was in, I was fine, but I, I was not a fan of going like... You want me up a tree, it's going to be a ladder stand. Well, uh, And that's what we a, have. A two-person ladder stand. And that's stand. what majority of the stands are out there, is, is singles or, or, or two-mans. Um, but I, I like to get into places that not everyone likes to go. Just, and I like I'm screwing pegs with big foot boots. They're I also like fun. to get really freaking high, and with a ladder stand, I can't get as high as I want. Mm. So that, that's... The, but the saddles, you can get an eight-inch tree. I mean, what these guys are getting into trees. You can disconnect, go around a limb or a lead. I would say you can you can go multiple angle trees like it's feet? yeah. Huh? How far are you going up? Twenty feet or so? Usually, my feet are around yeah. twenty. Yeah. Uh, if I as long as I don't get any major leads, you know those summits have a limitation because you once you get eighteen, fifteen, or eighteen, twenty feet up in the air, you're not gonna try to shimmy around big big leads or big. I've got hand nippers and stuff to get around the small stuff. Mm-hmm. But trees I've been climbing, I've been climbing for seven or eight years now. They're all cleaned out. So it's nice. I can put them in and go straight up. Does he have a bunch of cams around the property or anything? I Yeah, I had four of them running this year. But I, uh, I'm i not going to talk bad about this particular brand, but I did not have very good luck for the amount of money I spent on them. I can tell you that. So this year we'll be we'll be getting rid of those. Or at least... I'll have them, but I'm not willing to pay the money for them. What are you switching to? I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I got to look at anything. Well, I'm not. Again, I'm not going to throw a name out there, but this particular brand, I there's deer there. Like numerous times, I was walking in front of the camera, and it was only getting like one picture, or not even a picture. And huh? Yeah. And if it's not picking you up, right? You, they're not you working. You you got it. <laughs> You got it. it. Or it could, you know, part of the other issue is with these is, is cellular and you're down in the middle and, you know, you're down in the bottoms. If you don't have real good service, you're not going to get them sending all the time. Them, yeah. It may be taking pictures or it may not be. Now, do you have a backup of, card or is it only sending pictures? It has a backup card on it, micro sims. The backup so, card's not producing anything either? I, you know, I, no, I don't know. I, I actually, we did pull them this year and, and kind of scroll through them, but, you know, it kind of scrolled quickly through them, but you're thousands of pictures but you know i put it up in june and pull it out in november so it's not uh they're they're not ones you could just pull up i guess some of them you can just pull up right on your phone and stuff oh yeah you know that's the one i have oh okay yeah these these ones you pull up right on your phone but it's it i don't know if it's older models and the cellular packages aren't as good i probably just need to stop being a cheap bastard and upgrade everything Hmm. that's fair hell yeah well i I mean i just (laughs) You know, using but. them and being able to see what's there, you know, especially being as far away as you are, you know, right. would give you an advantage when you go and you're there for what? Did you stay for like a week? Yeah, a week. And but the, the other, you know, the, these companies like to send updates. And if the update's off, then the software and the cameras are off or won't communicate right. You're supposed to pull them out of the trees, redo the software updates. It's 12 hours away from me. It's not like yeah. I'm going to ask my buddy to hike in miles, go pull these cameras out, and bring them all back to the house and upgrade them for us, right? So I yanked them all down this year. They're all back. I actually only have – I have one up at the new farm where I got that deer I was telling you about two weeks ago. So it's – but, again, I'm not getting a whole lot of pictures back. This is insane. <coughs> no, you, yeah, keep going, man. Uh, sorry. I just, so you I, got Football a, break. Football break. Yeah, you, we, you got a deer two weeks ago? I did. Um, I got a doe. So one of, um, cross country coaches was, um, owns a farm. Pardon me. And, um, he's got a lot of doe and 
one of his hunters passed away. Um, local guy, elderly individual. Anyhow, long story short is he was talking to me and I said, he's like, I need somebody to come over and get a doe. I said, I know a guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I promised him that I'd, uh, he said, well, I'll let you hunt this, the, this half of the farm, the upper half, but you have to take a deer. He's like, I don't want you in there just, you know, hunting buck. And I said, listen, if you want me to take a doe, I'll be happy to take a doe. And this year at Muskie Camp, Jim had the best meat sticks. Those, those were amazing. And I know that Mark, you were do a lot of business with them too. And so this year I said, well, if I get a deer, the whole thing's going over there. Normally I do all of my own processing. I make my own jerky, which I meant to bring tonight. Damn it. I forgot. Uh, yeah, I smoked it too, by the way. Hmm. It, it came out pretty damn good. And anyway. that's actually my dad's, well, I'll get into that in a second. So I had got the deer. I took it over there, dropped it all off, came home, cleaned up, jumped in the car and had to drive to my daughter's nutcracker performance. My wife was not happy with me that particular <laughs> day. Uh, but I actually wanted to talk to you, Mark, about last week you guys were talking about that 257 Weatherby mag. Uh-huh. That's what I shoot. And I shoot it with nozzlers. And this year, that's, that's your problem. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. And and it's just so too long. Hot. Story short, like too uh, hot. As, as a kid, like we shot like every single Sunday. It was like church shoot for hours, and then my dad would reload. And he shot nozzler partitions. And his thing was he used to shoot long range. Yep. And he was having issues with elk because they would separate. It was obviously partitioned with, and they would not like you would you'd shoot so like it like that distance. The front would hit, it would go through, and it would only be like a small hole. <laughs> they wouldn't penetrate. So, like, you would just boop, boop, right through. And no, unless they was within, like, 300 yards, which defeats the whole purpose of it. Well, so I, I had the other problem. I went through and then hit a shoulder or hit a shoulder blade, and it completely mushroomed because it was so fast. The whole thing's just mushroomed straight back. So I hit that deer. It came in. Um, it was the big doe. Three, two little ones came in front. I saw her coming. I waited, and she came in, and she kept coming right at me. Like 15, 20 yards. Held on right behind the front shoulder. I, I got in at 6.30. I was thinking, you know, if I could get one early because of that nutcracker performance I was telling uh-huh. you about. Shit, I couldn't have been in the stand 15 minutes. Here they come. Perfect. Came right up, right behind the front shoulder, touched it off. That deer tore ass out of there. I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm panicking. I'm like, right, you run the whole thing through your head again. Whole thing. So I'm going and thinking and thinking. I gave it, you know, 30, 40 minutes. I come down. I get down, little to no blood. I found, I found the spot, started tracking, fall leaves, drops, just drops, not a big trail. And, and I was, again, you're running through your head. You're like, well, I know I had to have hit it. There's no way I missed it that bad from 15 yards. <laughs> so I kept tracking two and a half hours. Took me yeah, two and a half like, hours. You got a gun shooting three thousand feet per second. That's though. exactly it. I mean, I would either do. I mean, like in your thing, do one of two things. I don't know if federal still has trophy bonded bear claws. If they do, switch to that. Yeah. I mean, I always my gun. I had a two seventy. Um, no, they're not full metal. The, they aren't. I don't know. I don't know. I've never they're, shot. They're not a partition. Before. Yeah. Oh, okay. They. They're uh, no. I'm trying to think if they're a. Um, they're not a partition. If they're a. Uh, they might be. No, I, I got to find something different or shoot a different I would switch gun. to that. I mean, what I was going to do is what I was shot at a 270 um, Browning yeah. with a boss, and I used core locks out of that gun. Yeah. 
that is also, I mean, we shot out of the, the two, yeah, but the 257, we were shooting the Weatherby, actual Weatherby out of it. Yep. And then we were pulling or we're shooting um, Bear Claws. But then Bear Claws sold out to Federal. So you couldn't buy it to reload. I got you. If they still sell it, that one mushrooms well. But the Core Locks, shit. That's what I shoot. That thing just. I shoot a 270 with Remington Core yeah, Locks. Yeah. I mean, well, sub- I shoot my 243 <clears throat> with like, Core Locks, but I. I went over to these nozzlers with this 257. Yeah, the no, nozzlers. I mean, and that was it. And, and when I finally found the deer, two and a half hours later, I hit the sucker right behind the front shoulder. Slightly high. I'm not talking like real high. I hit both lungs, bounced, and then hit the liver. When I cut the diaphragm when I was gutting it, the whole thing yeah. just fell out of that's the like cavity. A, there was no blood. There was It was all inside that cavity. That's like a perfect long range load or like yeah. a good antelope load. Yeah, but well, I mean that was the intentions. When I bought it, was supposed you to shooting? take it for what, antelope. One what forty fifty or the grain, grain bullet? One fifteen. Why they one fifty? Well, that's a small bullet. Yeah, so you can even bump that a little bit too to slow I, it down to exactly. hit harder. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's that's what I would. Don't or, get a new gun yet. Try a. Oh no, I wouldn't get a new heavy, gun. Heavier grain. No, by no, I well, would either go heavier grain, but I would first. Eat, I would definitely go to like a one twenty five or one, especially for whitetail. I mean, again, I'm I mean, using I don't. One hundred and fifty. Yeah, I use 150 in my 270. Yeah, I was shooting. Yeah, but this, I'm shooting this one, low, this, this particular round yeah. is stupid fast. I mean, it. Anyhow, yeah, long that's story a, short, that's is a little like, that's that's a little much for a little little much and light. Too fast and too especially small under for 50 white yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially. And so I got the rock, that'd be a dang good coyote load there, right? right there I got too. the rock chucker at home. I think all I got I got to back down the grains and increase the weight. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna, I gotta play with it. I gotta actually finally break down and have someone show me. I've never reloaded and it's something I want to learn. So oh, it's fun. It's, yeah. It's cathartic. It, it's, mm-hmm. I just, it's oh, one of those things that I, whole you know, room for it. It's sweet. I, it's it's cool. one of those things that like, is it something I want to try on my own? Probably want somebody to show me so I don't mess it up. You have all the stuff for it. Yeah. I got a, a rock cut chucker kit and some books. I mean, it's single load kind of thing, but yeah. so, it's a good start. So. Yeah. I used to reload when I shot competitive sporting clays. Mm. I used to reload 500 rounds a week. And but we had a progressive press. Yeah. So you pull it down, all you had to do was load your wad every shot. Yeah. And pull pull lever. Jay's, right, say it. Jay's having a hard it. time. <laughs> He's having a hard time with that one. <laughs> skeet, 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 huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, I you know, the difference, well, I mean, you're talking about loading rifle, Yeah. you know, bullets or shells, and this you're using shotgun, obviously, for clay yeah. pigeons, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, we used to, I used uh, to shoot 99 out of 100 in a sporting clay with a rifle. <laughs> growing, Damn. Up, growing up, Chad had I mean, a you, loader. We always used to reload too. shells. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would mess with it a little bit. I would probably do like 10, like where you run five clean, run five clean, and then go from there. You could back your grains down a little bit on your powder to help slow it down a little bit, too. Yeah. If you're going to go, I would I would still, out of everything, get rid of the nozzler. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just not going to do for whitetail. But you could even slow it down a touch that way, too. Instead of going up a grain, which I would. Probably so I would I would do. keep the grain weight and go up before I would do that, because then you start messing with. Needless to say, I have to thank my dad for the tracking skills because I should have tapped out two three times and, you know, going back and doing the loops and then coming back and marking your spots and rechecking and then because I, you know, two and a half hours and and all I'm sitting there thinking is like she's gonna kill me. 
I'm going to be late to this damn show. She's going <laughs> to kill me. Believe me, I was still in the doghouse for a little while on that one, but we got it. It's uh, all taken care of, and the show was great. Good. Did you? Uh, she get, kicked you, ass. When do you get your beef sticks back? Or your sticks January. Back? January. Yeah. I was yep. there today. Everybody eat deer at your house? No. Nope. That's one of the other reasons that I haven't been shooting doe is because it's... I end up processing the whole thing and then have to eat the whole thing. Hey, you can always it's bring sad. them for shore lunches. Oh, well, that's I'll cook other, it for you. Yeah, I was going to say, or I know where to bring it. <laughs> Andrew? Andrew? No? Nope. No? Nope. Really? Even what? Even jerky. Oh, Andrew, I love him, but he's fussy. He, he's a fussy eater. It, it, he'll grow out of it. but so And he's not, he's not out there hunting either. No. I Regretfully, I think Andrew is going... Andrew, as we all know, is an avid fisherman. You know, sure. I'll get him on the water 8, 10 hours. Not a problem. Uh, but the couple... I've got him out hunting, and he likes being in the woods, but the gun went out the window seven times one season, and not one trigger was pulled. So it's the, the kill that I still think he has an issue with, and he's still hesitant. So I'm not going to force him. I'm not going to make him pull the trigger. Sure. If he wants to pull it, he'll have the opportunity. But if he doesn't, then he just might not be a hunter. I, you know, as a kid, though, even when I was 12, <clears throat> I was, I'm a tiny guy now. I was really small when I was 12. Shoot, I might have been 65 pounds, you know. You're holding this big gun, you know what I mean? And for me, I was a small guy. I was holding this huge gun. And I'm like, I, at first, first gun I ever shot, 12 gauge. Right. You know, no, no, no uh, rubber stock, you know, butt Recoil on it. Recoil pad. Yeah, re- yeah, there you go. Thank you. I got you. It was a wooden stock, straight to the shoulder, poof, you know. And uh, I probably was, a pump. I was gonna say, were you timid? No, this was that? an old. This was an old, uh, like over under that my grandfather had. Oh, same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kicks like a mule. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know the gun. <laughs> yeah, just and it blew my shoulder off and gave me a, a little bit of a fear of you know just guns in general at first you know, and like twelve gauge for sure, but uh, you know I feel like as I got older, it, I became you know I probably didn't I don't think I killed a deer till I was probably fifteen or sixteen. You know, first four years, you know, it was just yeah. I, and I he might wasn't. he might come around to it. I mean, he he's got interest. We've been out in archery season. He sees a buck and he gets excited. Like he, I think he'd pull the trigger on a buck if he got a good opportunity. But it, with with uh, when it came to the rifle, now I messed up because when he was you know three years ago, I had a youth youth uh, eight seventy twenty gauge, and it was a short stock, and I didn't think about it. But he uh, he was short arming it when he was going to sight it in, and I had shot it, but not thinking anything of it. He short armed, so I repositioned his arms, but I didn't check the butt after I repositioned the gun. Oh no! Right, and it kicked him, and he got scared, and so he was he's he was scared of guns for a while. He'll shoot now, uh, two forty three, two twenty two, twenty twos, not an issue, but he still won't touch shotgun. Uh, he, he's still, still pretty timid of it. And well, I, I mean, when I was a firearms instructor in law enforcement, there were people that I had to hand the 22 to and say, I'm taking away your duty weapon right now. And you're going to shoot the 22 today. And I'm going to teach you how to not flinch. Right. Cause they had bad experiences with guns. So they would, you know, jerk the trigger or flinch or squeeze their eyes every time before, before they pulled the trigger. So we just had to get that mechanism in where like this one doesn't kick. You're going to learn the basics of how to shoot a firearm. Right. And then we're going to wean you back into your mean, mean nine millimeter. (laughs) 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 
Well, I got an 870 turkey. And I was turkey. just as nice to them about that as I was right now. Well, I got an 870 <laughs> turkey at 12, and I was shooting three and a halfs, and I was sighting in a couple years ago, and it's got that pistol grip. Mm-hmm. Well, I got three rounds through the sucker, and on the fourth one, I didn't click off the safety, and I squeezed it, and I went, <clears throat> and jerked and yanked the hole. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, time to put it up. We're, we're done for a little while on this one. Yep. I did, every, every Thanksgiving, we have Thanksgiving at my, my brother and sister's, and we have our ranges out back, and it's set at 100. He has a you know the uh, a nice sitting place that we have, and the um, bags with you know whatever the gun holder thingy, whatever you're gonna call it. What was that called? Go ahead. Lead sled. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> you just talk for me. Yeah, um, I got your words, brother. <laughs> there you go. So we go out, and every time you know first shot, I always flinch, and I always pull it. It's always a little bit high, and then I'm like, all right, cool. And then the next shot is usually two dead center. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. Not wasting any more shells. Yep. The best piece of advice <coughs> I ever got was let every trigger pull surprise you. Yeah. And it's, it's, so, it's so real. It's true. It's just slow. You know, especially, mm-hmm. with, especially with a rifle. Slowly squeeze that trigger until you're like, shit, it went off. Now, you squeeze on the exhale or squeeze on the hold? Like when you're breathing. You know, that's that's my line. Uh-oh. I used to say that to people when we were shooting sporting clays and we were tied. Mm-hmm. I would ask them. I'd be like, <laughs> you mess with their head. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'd get right up in their ear and be like, do you breathe in or out when you pull the trigger? And then I'd, and then I'd take a step back. <laughs> yeah. That'll, shoot, that'll mess with everybody who's everybody. pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I hold. You hold your breath? Mm-hmm. You know, to come to I'm think not, of it. I'm not supposed to. Yeah. But I do. I'm. I don't know. I can't. Out. out. All the way out. Yep. I right before right. like I'm out of breath. Like I try to like simultaneously. Like, even like when I'm shooting bow, like pulling at my face. Yeah. Like, I'll start to put pressure, and then like right when that last little bit, like all at once, just try to like make a movement so it's all gone. So right when trigger. you when I breathe right back in after I let the last ounce out, and and I hold right on just on the in, on the inhale, and that's when I squeeze. When I when yeah. I start to put pressure on that trigger. Everything stops. I don't. I don't blink. I don't breathe. Nothing. I want that. I want that surprise. So there's absolutely no yeah. way that I would jerk or flinch or move. If I only I could do that with a flintlock. Yeah, with a flintlock, dude. The worst. <laughs> like that's one thing from like shooting as a kid. Like I was fortunate. Like I was really good from the time I was 12 until I was like, it was like 11 or 12 years. I shot a buck every year, and I had only ever missed one deer, and it was like 300 yards on a run. And uh, muzzle loader, I was like... All oh, the deer got over, over, <laughs> over 15. Yeah, over. Yeah. I mean, it was it was yeah. well into the double digits. Yeah. Like, I had uh-huh. this... Oh, it was, just, it was ridiculous. Let for you. Yep. Yep. I'm going but it was like as good as I could shoot... 80% of the rest of Pennsylvania. I could shoot so good with a rifle, because yeah. like, I just did... And I even practiced with a muzzle loader, everything... And I could never would I ever flinch. I would take a shot with a, you know, not paying attention and get cut above the eye. Wouldn't even bother me or anything. That dang muzzle loader, though. Oh, the hesitation of waiting, <laughs> yep. I would, I would, every time. I yep. could never get, and I love it. I still to this day miss it. And I would, I, if February came and someone's like, hey, you want to go get a muzzle loader stamp and go? I probably would. I got three of them sitting at the house. I I'm, gladly I got a Hawkeye sitting at home. I'm definitely eats. going the day. Last of one, uh, the one I yeah. used the most. I have a um, Thompson Center Firestorm. Mm-hmm. That's when I went to the synthetic one and yep. all that. It was a smaller, lighter for yep. like because yep. I was pushing so much. It was Another so gun. much lighter to carry. But like we had a couple of the bigger uh, the Thompson Center where they center center something. 
And you can't use those after Christmas. It's got to be flintlock only. That's yeah. what I'm talking about, flintlocks. Oh, okay. Yep. No, the um, <coughs> the Hawkeye the, um, inlines we had for um, Pittsburgh. We on Allegheny. Right. You could not um, rifle down there. It was yeah. the same as Ohio, so you had to hunt mm-hmm. flintlock. Or, um, I, I feel like Hermitage is the same way. It is. In, <coughs> this, in this certain sections, yes. I used it there in the one area where we talked about off like by where were you? Mm-hmm. Where you go? Where that big gas well is back yeah. in there the whole way down to the next road. I would always go in through there and we hunted it just because there's so many houses. But a lot of hermitage, as long as they don't they won't really save. They it. don't yeah, I've never had there any I always just went there with the inline just to be safe. I'm like, there's just too many people driving around here. Well this will be the first time that I have the motivation to go out and get another doe. Since he wants him killed, and I know his family will eat it. He's Does he have red tags? Seriously, though, if you do, I mean, put I've some. I've got tags before I even need the red tags still, but yeah. Put something small, like, not even like steaks, but something we can, like, put into, like, small cubes, or not cubes, but, like, oh, yeah. medallions, like thinner medallions that we can fry in a pan, like, out in the I mean, my the garage river. is set up. Dude, I, I, I got a wench in the garage, and, and, the, and the hose out uh, drains the whole nine yards. I mean, I've skinned them in the garage. It's quick. It's, it's fast. I just... Last, two Saturdays ago, I had no time. There was there was literally no to drop off, take care of this. I will give you the money. I normally I've been doing my own for twenty yeah, years. Someone pulled so in today with five. I've never paid anybody to. You know that dude's do bill's gonna be steep. Oh yeah, but five of them. I was watching them going. I was there's there the second, Aaron. No, we'll second day. He only had twenty slots left. That so. Say, I, mean, <laughs> I was there first day, nine thirty. It was closed. Uh, Wednesday, nine thirty. Then Friday, it started to slow down. I think they didn't close until like one. And then last I, week I, it was fairly. I'm glad open. I got to do them when I did. Oh yeah, I was there, I'm, and I'm a guy walks in and they're like, "Those meat sticks were off the charts good." Dude, I also got their great. kielbasa too. Oh so nice! I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited to yeah, try that. I love kielbasa. Really excited to try that. Cool. I wonder how much venison they actually put in the kielbasa. I don't Since know. Since kielbasa is mostly fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, won't care. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tell you no, what, I'm, it is I'm like, not judging yeah. it. I'm just. I wish my, that and some kraut. My oh, butcher brain kicked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Be like, I wonder how they make that. I mean, it's so dialed. Like I heard, like the late person called in. They were talking to him about making something. Like, yeah, we can do like cut like what percentage you want, and then like we do pork, bacon, and beef fat. So you have your choice. I mean, it's you get stuff. They everything's dialed to it. See, too. I've never nice. made kielbasa, but it's all done in batches. So it's not Good like one. you can. They don't just do like yours. It's all in ten and twenty pound batches. So once they get enough to do ten pounds of that one, they do ten pounds, and then it's right. Then they do twenty. Then it's right. So they're mostly meat sticks, and then I got ten or twenty pounds of kielbasa, and then the rest is just hot Italian, whatever they have left. I said, whatever's left, if you can't get a full ten pounds. How many pounds did you have in? Don't know. I, I bring in the deer and, and left it, and okay. it was uh, it was I, I left it at twenty meat stick, ten. Good to thing 20. you reached out to us first, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, what? No, I'm like, you cannot. Well, I was take with, the head off that well, deer. Well, so here's the reason why I asked that. It was when I was bringing my second buck back from Illinois. I was traveling through, and you could see the horns on the back of the jeep in the bucket. I was transporting the hide in the head in, and I got pulled over in Kentucky because of chronic wasting. I wasn't allowed to. You're not allowed to cross those state lines. With, with the brain still in the cavity, and so he goes, you can't have that brain in the cavity if you stop in Kentucky. I'm like, I wasn't gonna stop unless you pulled me over, sir. 
I'm, I'm, I'm heading all the way to Pennsylvania. And he's like, well, is that going to be a trophy for you? I said, yeah, it's going to the taxidermist. And uh, he said, well, and then he explained the law. So that's why I was wondering, like, because it's just over the Ohio line. I didn't know if I had to get the brain stem out of that deer before I went across the county line or be across the state line. No, because the way that they look at it on this end, because there isn't chronic waste disease, that's because of poaching then. Hmm. So then they look at it, then you have two separate pieces and they can't be. And, and, and that makes sense. And, and I had the tag and I'm glad you, I am very glad that I didn't skin and take the head off that deer before I took yeah, it they over would there. have taken it. Yeah. That, yeah. that, I'm, no. I'm and they're very fine. like when you call you have to have like how did you shoot it you know what yeah, was oh, everything yeah. they're it's, very I mean, thorough too, yeah because they have to have records too if anything very comes back and the commission comes there they have records of everything yeah real professional with it i was i was very impressed with their operations they were, right. they were, been, they were on yeah. it oh, okay you have to pee go uh-huh. pee chris <laughs> you're yeah. loud you're loud i wasn't trying just to make an announcement don't, of it just don't trust anything from here to there wait wait we we still didn't I interrupted no, you earlier. There's, there's no wait, apparently. Yeah, Chris. Okay. Chris there's no waiting for Chris when he got pee. <laughs> well, um, uh, when Chris comes back to the microphones here, he 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 did. It's a good he, story. He, yeah, it wasn't a number one. Uh, <laughs> did a little salmon too. Oh little, yeah, little yeah. Little Touch on the salmon real quick. Yeah, we had a good trip. Um, Andrew wants we we did a lot of drift boat, and my buddy likes to plug quite a bit. And so getting him convinced that we need to pull over and, and cast uh, was, we did, and, and uh, we ended up getting into a couple of fish. <laughs> the problem we had is we were fighting it back upstream in the boat, and my buddy with the net was on the other side of us, so I had to get it past us to get it to the net. I got it three and a half times. Like, so Andrew's fighting it. He hooked it, and he's fighting it. But this is a good-sized fish, and, and I'm trying to stand over Andrew's shoulders and help him fight that fish all the way back up. Holy shit, I got to about the third. It's salmon. Yeah. It, it was a king? King. Okay. Yeah, it was a good-sized king. And I got by the time I got a third time to almost to the net. You know, they fight like shit. It, well, yeah, right. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Right. <laughs> uh, not the ones I've been around. No, no. So by the time crazy. I got a third time to the net, it was either going in or it was coming off, and it came off right at the net. I was We were – I was – I was done. It was 30 or 40 minutes of horsing around with this fish, and I said, you know what? It's either going in or it's not, and I, I gave it all hell, and uh, and it came off right there. Andrew almost got it, but I'll be honest. I, I want him – next year we're going to do it a little different. Uh, we're going to go a little early. The problem I have is every year our salmon trip is the exact same weekend as the Beast. It's It's been traditionally that. So we're going to change it up this year. I'm going to go – at the end of September, try to catch some fresh fish. And if they're not in the rivers, my buddy's got an amazing boat, and we'll just go out and and, and catch them uh, rod and reel, or Andrew will catch them rod and reel, and I'm going to drink beers. So at the end of the day, it'll be a good time. Hey, as long as you're out there catching fish, that's hey, awesome. He's catching that you, fish. Uh, he's excited what, Andrew's, about it. Andrew's what, 13, 13 now? 13, yeah. yeah so, and his one buddy uh, who's in scouts with him really wants to go up too. So I'm probably going to take him and his dad, and then the four of us will go up with my buddy. They're rotten, you know, spinning gear kind of guys. So if we go out on a lake and they catch a bunch of salmon out on the lake at the mouth, stacking them, they're going to have a hell of a good time. I'm going to be drunk off my ass. We're all going to have a great time. I would be casting big spoons at them as well. Hell with it. It's not... And Ripping Who streamers? Sh- yeah. yeah it, either way. I, I, even if the streamers, I got tired. I'm going to pick uh, up a gear rod and throw a big spoon out there and reel it in and hook a fish. I mean, it, it's, still, it's, it's still a good time. It's still time. fun. Yeah, yes, it's still... It doesn't have to be... So I mean, if you can catch them on the fly... 
we're you know, and, well, by that's, all means, and that's where we're gonna try. We're gonna there's there's the staircase is where we like to go, and I, we've got that spot dialed in. We're gonna get down there early, and we'll go until about you know ten sun up. If if it's not going real well, we'll come off. If it, we're hammering them, hell yeah, we're there all day, right? So. We'll see. That'll be a new game plan for next year. We had a good trip, though. No no fish in the net, but we had a good time. It was a quick... We had to do a quick one. Uh, Mom got a little pissed that I had to yank him out of school for a day of fishing, but, you know, you had to do what you had to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you just <laughs> got to tell her to get over it, because uh, that's just the way it works. Oh, she uh, got over it. And my, it's going to get worse. Yeah. My dad was... 67. It's the amount of days I was allowed to miss my senior year. 67. <laughs> had it dialed in. <laughs> Ours, we didn't have 60 f- 61, you got a letter that you were allowed to miss six more, and then it got turned in. 65, you got the formal letter. 66, you were good. Now it's one. I just had to hope. <laughs> After that, I didn't get sick. Because <laughs> I uh, hunted every single freaking day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't go to school. <laughs> we, had, we had the first two <laughs> days excused that were Monday and Tuesday back... When I was a kid. Oh, yeah, I hunted all the bow. I hunted you, all the gun that I hunted and the muzzleloader. I didn't show up that whole period. Like, they <laughs> knew. Like, it was just how it was. We didn't have an, a, nope. a tenant's policy my senior year because they were switching the people that did all that. <laughs> so, literally, you could miss as many days as you wanted. I mean, I, as long as you passed the classes, I swear I missed a, I missed a ton. I might have went half the year. Uh, you can't even get out of school without an excuse nowadays and having your mm-hmm. parents call and email. Steelhead is completely different. It's Dude, not no. Dude, Our doors weren't locked. Now. My dad. Yeah. My we dad could just would say, walk out of school, get in your car. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. Go downtown, grab, like, a, grab I candy. Dr- yeah. I would drive to uh, the creek uh, for like four periods, drive, drive <laughs> back, just walk back into school and be like, what's up? I legit would go hunt in the morning, go in at noon, pick up my work that I needed to have done and figure, find out what the tests were, and could go back and hunt in the afternoon. I mean, we I mean, are b- all from a very, you know, different country area. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but the areas we live in are pretty damn country. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, we had, everybody well, had gun racks. I, I mean, I was going to say, we had shotguns the girls, full of... The girls, I mean, not went the to school, hunting is a girl or boy thing, but half the girls even in our grade were... Or in, our, in our school, all of them hunted. Yeah, everybody grew up hunting. I, mean, I went to school went. with a shotgun during bunny and pheasant season because as soon as you like that yeah. time of the year, you go and then you'd hunt after, and then as soon as deer would start, and then you would or your turkey like, hunt in the morning go. before you got to school. Yeah, oh, did yeah. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, check do traps and stuff too. Yeah, check them before. It's just not the same times. My, if, it, no. if if the creeks were going to be good, up up in Erie, and my dad, it was weekday, Thursday, whatever, be his day off. It's like, well, hey, creeks are going to be good, or I'm taking a day off. You know, you're missing school. I always tell the story. You know, I, I, I was down there during school. My dad's like, dude, creeks going to be great. Let's go. We're going to catch all of them. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Mom, you know, mom doesn't care, whatever. We go down there. It doesn't my teacher, one of my teachers, or he wasn't my teacher, but he was at one of the teachers of school, my track coach, and both my track coaches are at the spot, <laughs> you know, skipping school. They're like, Thompson, are you supposed to be somewhere? I'm like, yep, you guys? Yep. <laughs> all right. We all we all we all caught a ton of fishing, but that it's just yeah. I, I man, I wish I could call off work more often. Right. <laughs> right. Go fishing. <laughs> I feel that. I'm uh, doing that this week. Cool man, musky. Yep. Awesome. Me, Mark, and uh, Michael. Good nice. luck. Awesome. I guys. gotta I gotta get that old gas out of my boat. So laking it up? Or are you going laking it up? And awesome. we're just we're gonna do a couple laps. Do some do some sonaring. Map map some of the some of the floor of this lake and burn as much gas as I can so that I can come into winter with almost no gas in the gas tank. Awesome. It, 
weather's been decent. We've got a little bit of rain. I mean, fishing could probably be, I, I didn't get to go out. I've been busy hunting, and I wanted to go out and run a blue line today, but friends, 40th birthday parties. You know, we're all getting old. God, dude, you it, sucks. Yeah. it sucks getting old. Yeah. Bryce's yeah. birthday party, seeing a bunch of old friends chatting. You, and all you the could try what I night. did. I was staring at the Niagara River all weekend and no fishing. It sucks. I had to, ta- uh, I had to, I had to take the wife up there for her birthday. It was, a, oh, uh, it, was no. a, it was a weekend away, and I sat there and stared at the river the entire time. I'm like... You know, <laughs> there are, you know there are thousands upon thousands <laughs> of lake trout and steelhead in there. I I said it to her half a dozen times. I'm like, you know, there's a monster sitting right there. Uh, At what point did she tell you to stop? She didn't. She knows. Mine she would knows. have. Mine would <laughs> been like, zip it. I get it. I, I know. <laughs> I shut up. We're looking at the flowers today. You should have said, hey, we should, we should go take a nice, pretty walk down at Art Park. Yeah, exactly. That's what you should have said. It's a beautiful walk. Um, hey, we got to take a break. Um, we'll be right back with Tim Landweir. Hey, and we're back with Tim Landweir of Tight Lines Fly Fishing Company. I am trying to stop laughing just because off the <laughs> air we were just right now. We were, man, that was some of the best stories and just shit talking, I guess <laughs> we'll call it. And I've, uh, I, I've I've had in a long time. Um, I would say I would say that in itself, uh, just our little uh, pre-podcast, fellas, is its own podcast. That's spectacular. That's good fun. Hey, it's yeah. it's great to have you back on the show again, uh, man. Ah, oh, man, I, it's it, it. Chad wanted to be here tonight. He he couldn't make it. He was in Cleveland, um, but you know I can't wait to catch up and get get back into yeah. all this stuff. Um, oh man, it's great to great to be back on the air with you guys. This is awesome. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, last time we had John, I think it was you and your crew, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I think I think it was Bart, Nate, myself. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's been was, a while. It's been what a couple years been, now. Yeah, it's been a year and a half, two years now. It probably. has. There's been a lot that's that's happened. Well, first and foremost, I want to ask about the state of your river, because I know that was a big push for a long time. How is the state of your river currently? Well, uh, the the river itself is still in fantastic shape, but the state of the river. I think when we talked last time. You know, we're up against the. Are, are we referring to the gold mine or the proposed yeah, gold I th- mine? I think yeah, you had like. Right. I think you had like beat the first cause there, but then there was still more pending and coming along the way. We still. We, we, the thing is, is that was a Canadian gold mine, Aquila, that was going to put this gold mine on the banks of the the Menominee River, and it's only 150 feet from the banks of the river, so really close, and um, they basically are not paying dividends to all of their investors. So what's ended up happening now is it's still on pause, but the fight's still on, you know, we're still, we're still up against the same thing. There's, there's a bunch of gold in the ground and um, it's just a matter of time. They're going to do everything they can to get at it. That's a shame. It is, but we've got a, a good group with the coalition to save the Menominee and a bunch of, companies that have stepped up and are really, really, you know, putting a big push on this. I mean, the Menominee was put on the 10 most endangered rivers in North America, and it's also one of the finest smallmouth rivers in the country. Uh, but it also flows directly into Lake Michigan and the idea of a gold mine 150 feet off of the banks, a full open pit sulfide mine is pretty terrifying, fellas. Yeah, yeah that's incredibly. 
Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable that it gets it gets to the point that you have to fight it as hard as you do. There's not enough common sense to stop it before to say, hey, this isn't right. Let's choose another area. Let's do something that it's just, yeah. it gets and, there. And you, you, you nailed it. I mean, you nailed it right on the head. There, it, it is one of those things like this dumps into the fifth largest freshwater reservoir in the world. And, you know, what, what part of this seems like a good idea? Yeah, and it's, and it's money. It, they don't, they don't money. look at that. They just want the money out of it. They don't care. Right. It's and it's yep. not like there's no history to show that because in our area here in northwest Pennsylvania, I oh. mean, the acid mine drainage killed almost all of our blue line creeks. And, and it mm-hmm. wasn't until the late 80s, early 90s when they went, oh, this is a problem. <laughs> that, <laughs> right. like, we should really look at this yeah, yeah that they really started to clean up clean them up and now in the last decade we're really getting our brookie streams back and we're getting some brookies and some of our, our yeah. trout water are, are coming back mm-hmm. I, I think the hardest part about like a mine where we are guys is this is a mining culture so the monotony separates wisconsin and michigan you know and we share reciprocity with michigan and everything from our guides licenses to our boat ramps uh, to everything in between, except the state of Wisconsin can do nothing about the mine because it's located on the Michigan side of the river, which is really screwed up. Oh, wow. so, so is mining there like a high, is that like one of the bigger jobs around there? Or is it, I mean, is yeah. It, okay. Yeah, but a hundred percent. So, so are the, a lot of the people non-affiliated with the mommy that like don't have the, or a mommy, I'm sorry, I probably pronounced that wrong. Where were this? It, yeah. it, are the people like non affiliated with the river? Are they for this mine then because it would produce more work? Or are you fighting against them as well? And what happens with a mining company like this is they're super smart and yeah, they come in quietly. They, they they come in quietly. They throw footballs around at the high school games, mm-hmm. you know, jobs and all of this other stuff. And you're coming from a mining culture, not a gold mining culture. Granted, a iron ore. A woods in a mills, that type of thing uh, up there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're promised these jobs and really the jobs it's going to produce is a handful of jobs that will only be there for seven to 10 years until the extraction is done and then they're gone. And and then you're left with this huge giant pit full of sulfuric acid and they walk away and we deal with that forever. Yeah. And the damage is going to be lasting a heck of a lot longer than that. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, guys. The fight is still on, and as more stuff comes up, I'll reach out to you guys, and any any amount of outreach we can get is super helpful because, like, this is a really big deal, a really big deal. Yeah, so what can we and our listeners do to help you guys? Well, one thing you can do is support the Coalition to Save the Menominee River. Uh, they have a Facebook page. They've got a um, Instagram page. It's a grassroots group of our friends that are up there, Coalition to Save the Menominee River, and, you know, donate. Uh, Whenever, get on their email, whenever they have a call to action, they have a simple form to write to, you know, different people in in government to, you know, spread the word, like, we're against this. And uh, do your part as conservationists and anglers. Right on. Yeah, we'll put that, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Awesome. That. So anybody listening can check it out. And we'll also uh, put a link to it on our SVS Facebook page. So if you Oh, want, I appreciate that. So if they want to get on and support, because I know I've been writing a lot of, and 
I've been doing a lot of the stuff for the Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, about their their redfish fishery, uh, and it's and they made it really easy. They made it you know oh, it's a form letter. Here's what you send to these congressmen and to these senators. Fill your name in and send an email, and it's it's not okay. hard, but it makes a big difference. So it makes a huge difference because is every one of those letters that they get, whether it's a form letter or not, is it's us touching them, saying you know this is this is what we want. Um, so that's important, and it takes us two seconds to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll put that everywhere we can. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So how was your uh, how was your season this year? It was epic. Epic. Uh, awesome. Epic. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Like, we had a few seasons in there that were a little soft. Where I think we lost some age classes of fish. Weird part about river systems, as you guys know, versus lake systems, is during spawns, rivers are far more affected. Uh, you could have a really bad turnout on the spawn with rising and dropping water in a river environment. And uh, we've had that for a few seasons where the river during our pre-spawn is at 15,000 CFS. The fish start to spawn in shallow back bays and all of a sudden it drops to 1,800 CFS and all of the, the beds are washed out and, and lost. And uh, yeah, we, we just had spectacular spawns the last couple of years and we had more fish over 20 than we have in the last 23 years. Like this was our biggest year of giant fish. Awesome. So, yeah, we landed a bunch of fish over twenty this season. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was a it was a solid solid year. And you guys were pretty booked up all year, all your guides. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's been twenty three years of us guiding, and uh, you know, I think this year we have surpassed. The shop has done over twelve thousand guide trips out of our store for smallmouth. Whoa. That's a that's a that's a few few guide trips, few boat rides. <laughs> And, uh, you know, like 96, 97% of our customers are repeats. So it's a lot of the same guys each year. You know, we're lucky to have that. Makes guiding a lot of fun. Awesome. What boats do you guys prefer? What do you generally run up there? Well, we do a bunch of different stuff. You know, like, I mean, traditionally, standard hard boats are going to be the course for us. You know, traditional drift boats, whether it's a skiff-style drift boat or high side or whatever. But we do have a number of rivers that we run rafts on, super low water years, rafts. And then we got a couple of guys with a few jet boats for different se sections of the river. So I'd say 90% of our trips are run out of hard boats, trip boats. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've around the table here, we've got, you've got a tiller. Yep. I've got a jet. Jay's yep. got a raft. Mark's got a raft and uh, a tiller. And my next boat's going to be a clacka. Nice. So well, I think you guys got it covered. Yeah. I once once I acquire this this uh drift boat, I think we we're squared away until one of us decides we want another boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing with boats like you're never squared away. That's it. <laughs> I find that like I just you can't, a fella can't have enough boats. Damn it. I my <laughs> I've got this this 20 foot G3 jet boat that I love with all my heart. Yeah, and somebody showed me a River Raptor this year, which is a twenty foot inboard jet, and it's a it, it's a dance floor, dude. Like it's a right. singer single center console. And I like that idea. I won't be sending them off your crowd. And it's just <laughs> open. 
Right. Like nothing to catch nothing on. Nothing. Because that one, oh. I've got a, I've got a one fifty one hundred five jet, and it sits, I don't know, eighteen nineteen feet. Oh, it's special Ab- by now. <laughs> Above the gunnel. <laughs> <laughs> the amount. The tallest casting platform <laughs> on the planet. Imagine that. The amount <laughs> of river pigs I have sent off that crow, it is just speckled up now, chipped paint off yeah, of it. I started putting stickers over all the little chips that Mark puts in, in that in that cow. I'm out of stickers, <laughs> which is an, a which is a pretty rare thing for a fly fisherman to say. It, it is. I could send you some more, but he's just going to put more dents in it. <laughs> That's exactly. And I just said, <laughs> I said, forget it. Someone's like, well, why don't you get a cover for it? I'm like, oh, it's toast. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the last time done. I smacked it. Done. I smacked you. Look back at me, and I'm like, you know what? I don't like it just as much as you don't. You're <laughs> breaking my flies. I was like, but this thing sits like chest high to me. Oh, uh, we were we were fishing near you guys at the Beast of the East, and I. I heard it actually happened from another boat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that was Mark. No, it's like you get the wind going, and this motor's yeah. literally like halfway up your side. It's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's right there. It's it's three feet high. Yeah, it's it's bit. So that's why I need the $90,000 River Raptor. Well, you, I mean, you, you owe it to yourself. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this podcast, it seems super important to have that boat, too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, exactly. Now, I mean, now that you bring it up, I don't want to disappoint the listeners. As right? your friend, Chris, we, <laughs> well, we all support think this. About it. We all support this idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm supporting it right support here from Pier, Wisconsin. Like, I don't understand why you don't hit, hit buy now, right now. Yourself, <laughs> yeah, I'll just, write a, I'll just write a check for it. And <laughs> explain sure that, your wife explain, will be real. Explain that to the wife. Yeah. Hey. just post-dated just a few months. Ago. Just, like, you're not gonna, just wait until Christmas is over. Oh, wait, you... You take a check. Sure, I'll write you a check. <laughs> well, I mean, and that and that's the that's the thing. Like, we get guys that come into our shop all the time. Like, you know, what's the best boat? You know, like, there's no answer to that. It's an impossible question. Yep. You know, there isn't the best boat. You know, it's like I love my hard boat. I love my rafts. I love my little tiny rafts for small reconnaissance and stuff. You know, I love the jet for the speed. The you know. There's, there's just, there's not a boat for, for everything. It's nope. impossible. And, and in my opinion, the best boat is the boat that you are actually going to take out. Right? Yeah. Like, like if you fish yep. by yourself all the time, don't get a yep. raft. Don't get a, don't no, get a drift sure. boat. Get something that no. you can, you don't need a shuttle for. If you're going to fish with a boat, it's. I always tell guys, even on like our rivers and reservoirs and stuff here, man, if you got like a sweet John boat and rigged it out that you could roll and, um, you know, put even an outboard with just like a river runner on it, or if you wanted a small jet or something like that in a trolling motor, like that's what I would use because I could use it myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could, I could take myself fishing. I've tried to take myself fishing on a seven mile float in my drift boat. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, cast twice, sit back down, re- renegotiate, stand up, recast, pick the shit out of your feet renegotiate yeah Yeah, and you're just not having fun no no it's a boat ride hey tim mark was talking about earlier about his new hummingbird do you guys have any electronic preferences or or like in the raft i like this and so on and so forth you know i like in i'm primarily just running out of a drift boat in a raft i sold my jet a number of years ago uh but the other guys have jets and i know gavin's got some electronics and stuff but like we just don't use a whole lot of electronics other than he does run, you know, a trolling motor. The new trolling motors are crazy. I fished musky with him a number of times out of that boat. And like, 
that whole lock system and like it's freakishly amazing. We were yeah. fishing up by oh, a yeah. dam oh, for yeah. muskies and like so we don't have to touch anything. It's just going to keep us right here. Spot like, lock that's is incredible. Awesome. Yeah, it 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 was it blew my mind. But no, I'm I'm pretty old school, man. I still row. I don't even row skiff style boats. I row. I am a full on, 100% lover of the Hyde XL Low Pros. So it's a full size 16 foot, just a scratch under 16 in a low pro. But like my guys are getting older. Like some of these guys I've guided for 25 years for smallmouth bass and like they need space and they need to be able to move around. And uh, man, I, I still like some of the bigger old boats. It's not even an old boat, just like the bigger boats. Yeah. The, the uh, old school style, that big, that big hide's a great boat. Yeah, in the low pro, it's still really good in the wind. Yep. And I've I've got like a walk around in the back, so I I can run. On occasion, I'll run like a six horse on that. Uh, for if if I've got foul weather or if we have a health issue with one of the customers or something, where I can get out. But like the guys can walk around my feet without tripping on stuff, and just a better layout. And we've got some substantial whitewater up here. I've got a couple of our guys have some skiff style boats. They run, I won't drop names, but a couple different companies with skiff style boats, uh, you know, they, they get destroyed in some of that like class three water. They take on a lot of water. Yeah. You need that V like you have. Yeah. Yeah. I need to be able to, to run that in a bunch of different water levels. So yeah. So that's, that's still my favorite. And as far as rafts go, we have a hooligan XL and I've got an air, like a, a 15 foot air with an NRS rowing frame. Ooh. And I've got a Flycraft little two-person. And I think that Flycraft two-person is one of my favorite little boats. Because um, it's just fun to fish out of. There's like fishing out of a little sports car. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Mini Cooper. It, it is. It's the so Mini much. Cooper of rafts. There's so awesome. much fun to row, exactly too. exactly what it is. Like, you, you can it tuck is. them into, like, little spots and kind of go through areas you typically, like, look at. And, like, eh, it might be a little skinny or, like, a little fork that goes off. And some little things go through anything. And the fact that you can just carry that down with a couple of dudes down to the river, like it doesn't weigh anything. It's not like our hooligan and our, our, our air with the NRS frame. Like you have to have two pretty strong dudes to maneuver that around a long distance. Yeah. We, they're Mar- they're Mar- not light. Mark has the hooligan XL. and uh, Yeah. That. It's heavy. Yeah. It, that yeah. is not a light raft. No, it's a, no. it's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's manageable. But it's still it's it's heavy. I have a uh, Smith fly, which is like 125 pounds. Yep. And it's it's manageable with two guys. But it's still yep. It's just they're just awkward because they're big and long. And, yeah. And we don't ha- and we don't have any convenient sure. take in points. We have like two. The rest right. are like down a cliffside or down 750 right. yards of rip rap at a 60 degree angle. Got it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I'm about mm-hmm. to a point where I'm just gonna like take and make like 30 40 little thin logs you know like cut them and just uh-huh. lay it on just boom well it. Uh, one of my buddies <laughs> a, a great a great trick is one of my buddies that guides for us part-time still uses pvc tubes like he yeah. has like three pieces mm. of pvc tubes that That's he just slick. has, yeah, has cut in the that. back of his truck that like you could just keep rotating those and keep rolling that raft that's a great idea and you only need like Very four good. foot pieces anyway that's it you just just yeah. Get, get them just a little bit wider than what the raft is, and so they still fit in your vehicle without you know, having to do something drastic Yeah, uh, storage-wise and have, like, four of those. Yeah, and you could buy, like, four-inch, three-and-a-half-inch, three-inch, and two-and-a-half-inch because they don't have to be the same height necessarily, and you could stack them into each other. 
Look at you. Put a, put a cap oh, on the end. Clever. Oh, you're going next level. All right. All right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, those PVC tubes, like, that makes all the difference. I might you know, be doing they're, that. They're uniform. So, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I work uh, in construction. I'm sure I could find some PVC line around the place. <laughs> find it. Air quote, find it. They're called, they're called fringe benefits, aren't they? Or the things that you can get you know, so. at your shop. I can do anything at the shop I want. Speaking, you know, I don't get free trades at work. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's stupid. That's so stupid. But you get coffee. That seems unfair. I pay for our coffee. So, oh. like, going... Uh, we'll we'll talk a little more fishing, I yeah. guess. Uh, going yeah, through yeah. the season, um, before we just start telling jokes. Uh, yeah, take us through, you know, how what flies you're fishing early season, and does it change throughout the season? Um, Huge, yeah, yeah. Oh well, it, it's it's pretty cool, guys, because like we've got to get to guide through the whole season. You get to see, especially when you're guys that are you know they're doing a hundred some days you get to see that whole progression layout like everything that happens right from spring all the way into early fall uh early season we usually open up the first saturday in may we have pre-spawn and that's really reliant entirely on what does it look like up north you know i see a bunch of my buddies over in michigan just wailing on fish super early and man, the hard part about some of our rivers is all of that snowpack is coming from way up north, and they might have like two two hundred inches up there, oh. you know. So, so all that shit runs downhill. So, <laughs> in pre-spawn, if we don't get that ice off of those reservoirs early, and if we don't get a warm up early, pre-spawn the river might be like thirty two degrees, you know, like like legitimately right at freezing, and that can be a challenge. Um, but once we start tipping into that 40 mark, uh, we, we can get after them and they start dispersing throughout the river. And that time of the year, it's, it's kind of the jig game. You know, we're kind of dredging. You have big water still, big, cold, slow, lethargic fish. Uh, fishing flies like Dave's near enough crayfish, Menominee mud bugs, heavier jig style stuff. And this is going to sound super dirty. But we'll float them on, we'll fish them on like a full floating line. We talk about this in our smallmouth book too, that's like our dredging game, a full floating line and just like 10 or 12 feet of 10 pound fluorocarbon non-tapered and just bounce that thing off of the bottom and just kind of bump it along. If you use a sink tip or go with a bigger tip, you don't get the same action. It, it moves the fly too much. It, it agitates it too much and you just don't get the same bites. So it's hard casting for new guys, but that's where we pick up some giant fish, big pre-spawners. Like I've seen fish in the six and three quarter pound range during that time of the year, like massive. Oof. I was um, just going to say, yeah. that's got to be hard to chuck though. I mean, Oh, it's terrible. Like to guide that, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like you have to have the, the right clients for that job. Do you, um, uh, and you probably find a lot of fish all staged up in the same areas then too, as well. Yeah, well, it, and that's that's the trick, man. Like, I remember training one of our guides years ago, and it was one of the first days. It was Nate, myself, and Drew. It was the first year Drew started. Nate's been with me for, like, 17 years. But we were fishing below this dam, and we were doing that same technique, kind of like crayfish hopping in a tight line but jigging them along slow. And we landed, I think, 18 fish over 17 inches in, I don't know, 30 yards of river. 
and we are just wailing on them. And Drew was like, well, this is going to be the easiest job maybe ever. <laughs> and then you know what happened? We didn't touch another fish for five and a half miles. Mm. And it's because all of those fish were still there. Stacked you know, they had not still. dispersed down through the river and they've not started to move through the column. Um, so that's where we're looking for that 40, 45 degree range where it starts to push those fish throughout the whole river system. And they're not just staged in one spot. Uh, once that happens, we start getting into a 50 degree temperature range. Then we can start fishing bait, bait fish. You know, they'll start to, to maybe not chase super quick, but they'll like follow and bite. You guys have seen that where they follow slow and just like slurp it in, you know, they're pretty mm -hmm. lethargic. Um, and then, and then the fish will dictate and tell me what to do from there. Uh, you know, when you start seeing that fly just barely sinking, getting one twitch out of it and the fish eats it, well, then you can, you know, start thinking about fishing slow top water already. And we'll fish slow top water already end of May to middle of May if, uh, if the water will allow it in some situations, temperature wise and, and water flows. So, what so that's. Be Go ahead. Before I so say, before you get too far on there, when you're like yeah. moving into that like meat time of the year, yeah. do you yep. prefer like a single body bait, or are you using stuff like a jerk changers? Like what kind of like different type? Like like what kind of like hover like pause baits are you using for winter slurping like that? What's your that's, preference? That's a great question, man. Because like there there's a number of different baits, a number of different flies that act completely different. Like when you look at like yep. a game changer, like I love game changers and Blaine is a good friend of mine and game changer is awesome, but the game changer is going to fish kind of fast, no matter what you do with it. Um, you can strip it slow, but all those shanks make the fly move a lot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our really lethargic fish don't want that much movement. So as, as simplistic as it is, it kind of goes back to some of those basic covering patterns. I know it's an unromantic fly, but like the Murdich still hovers and just hangs stationary so well in that lethargic time, especially when there's, when they're chasing bait, you can get away from that floating line at that point, if the water level's higher and go with like a, um, like a H2, H3 sink tip or something like that and uh, fish it real slow and just let it hang. So I, I like game changers, but like I still like this, the 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 old Murdich still works super good in that stuff. Yeah, that's my that's my go to meat fly, is the Murdich. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's so weird about that. I remember I w when I was on that podcast with Rosenbauer, he was asking me about the Murdich, and I think he and Tim Flagler had done one of their tie offs, and it was the Murdich, and and uh, he was saying how how disappointed he was with that fly because it, it doesn't have a whole lot of soul you guys have tied it i mean it's it, it it's estes head it doesn't have a whole lot of luster but damn does it work still yeah, it's just it flat out fishes yeah and the weird part <laughs> is it's like i don't know what it is like when you get to that time like middle of day or like the sun really starts getting high and then fish kind of like start to hunker and they like go out and like in the like shaded spots and they're tucking you chuck a bird at your cross there, and it's like they come out of nowhere for it. And it's like nothing else is working, but all of a sudden this flashy freaking murdich comes flying through there, and it's like, yep, here we are. Yeah. I don't get it. It, it, like it just stick. does. And yep. then you look at how sexy Blaine's changers are and <laughs> what they do and, like, how they swim. 
and yet the Murdich still really works super well, good. So it's, it's got to relate back to something on it's more just like I mean think about like a like a dead fish if like the, it's got to just be something like that's mimicking closer to what a movement is you know easy pickings something and you, you look at how that Murdich hangs like that was truly the first fly in my honest opinion. In the smallmouth realm, that was the first big bait fish that really came into play in this game, where it was yeah, like for sure. outlandishly large in comparison to what had been being fished 15 or 20 years ago. Um, it was much bigger. But you look at how that still hangs. Like you can you can pump it once, kicks to the left, and just kind of sits there and hangs. That's pretty sexy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like that uh, sure. hollow fly for that as well. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Little hollow fly. Oh yep. man, it just kick, hang, and just pause forever. And that I, I caught quite a few big smallmouth this early season that way. Just that same that slow hang, watch the thing pause, and then the fish comes out of nowhere, oh, crushes you, it. You can't good. keep single Bufords off of them when you're musky fishing in the spring. They yeah, just love and, and them. I think that I think that's the thing, fellas. Like that fly, you can stop it. Like yep. that fly will go motionless. Where some of the other stuff, articulated stuff, is still swimming even when it goes motionless, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like it's still, it's doing what it's supposed to do, but it might not be what I want it to do. Yep. Yeah, that's a good way to so, put that. Um, so, so we go right into kind of that neat season of like that June neat season. And then all of our guides go right on the rampage of like, which one of our guides is going to catch the first top water fish of the season. And we force <laughs> that dramatically. So a lot of times when the water is still like 40 degrees, like we're out there, like we're going to get a popper fish. And, and we do, um, but, you know, you find them in very specific types of water, slow staging water, and the eat's really slow, you know, they'll come up for it. But as soon as I start seeing where that Murdich is starting to get eaten on, like, the first strip when it hits the water, they're going to eat a popper. They will eat. They will come up. And my first poppers are going to be, like, a, a hair popper, like a bigger Whitlock's Corky's Pet or something like that that has a bigger audible sound than like a boogle or something like that. Um, Cause I can let it hang there. It makes a big, deep hollow bass sound and they'll come up slow and eat that. Um, and then, and then we're off to the races into, you know, our top water game. I would say in the summer months, we're probably 80% top water. We have the opportunity to fish 80, maybe even 90% of our fish on top. And I would say if, of our giant fish of the season come on top Hmm. all year. Um, And, uh, you know, we'll kind of get right into end of June. I don't know if you guys see this, but we see a giant migration of dragonfly nymphs. It's the big, big, big dragonfly nymphs that will start migrating from the middle of the river to the shoreline. And um, we, we see a big emergence of it. And we will fish like a boogle bug. Dropped off of a boogle bug of any color that you want. One of Charlie, one of our old guy, Charlie Pate, that invented the old Mr. Wiggly, he's got a, a dragonfly, dropper dragonfly nymph that we hang off of that popper. So we're fishing Ooh. two flies, popper dropper to that dragonfly. And when they're on that dragonfly bite, even though I don't think they identify, like they're not like a trout where it's, I'm only going to eat dragonflies. Um, I would say five to one dragonfly to the popper. You know, that popper works as a great indicator, and sometimes we get doubles on that. So uh, so that's kind of how that works. And then fast forward into to July, we start to see the damselflies really showing up. 
big migrations of damsels once the first fourth of July comes for us. Weed girls start sitting at the top, see a lot of damselflies, and that's where kind of our finesse game comes in with like the old Mr. Wigglies, the damsel style Wigglies, finesse patterns, smaller popping bugs, clear water, and spooky big fish. That's kind of where we go into the season from there. Yeah, and that's when that's when I know Mark and I really start to target smallmouth because that's mm-hmm. when we kind of quit fishing for muskie. Nice. <clears throat> What is your what is your water oh, look Derek, like? And Derek too. Well, I yeah. well, we got a variety. I, it can be yeah, everything. We've got a little bit of everything. I grew up, and I'm not spot burning on this one. I grew up on the That's Allegheny. Cool. Okay. Uh, so it's a completely different body of water than almost every other body of water around yeah, us. Absolutely. Now, how so? Um, big. It's, it's, it's huge. It's it's bigger okay. and it's dirty. Like it's For the most that's, part. That's what I was wondering. Like, what is the clarity? Because that's. I'm lucky enough to have gin clear but red rivers. Well, now you see yeah. now, like our local river, like to us here, we typically run pretty dirty. And most of our rivers do run fairly dirty. In, okay. in, in, in all reality, I, my preference, and even when it comes to muskie, I would rather have that. Because the only difference really is, is I mean, you, you fish a little bit of brighter colors. They live sure. in it all the time. They still see that as much as we might oh. think they do. And and it makes it. I think it makes it easier than it does with a gin clear. You know, when you get that oh, clear, man, they could just they could see so much. And when well, our when our creeks are clear, they're non-navigable. True. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yep. you can't it, do it in a craft. You have to be on foot. Yeah, yep. or, yeah, yeah, pretty much. We it's hard to even get through a lot of them in rafts. And our water isn't tannic at all. It's just it. silt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's so cool. I'd like to come over and fish with you guys just to see some of that because, like, you know, we're our shop has been known for kind of that finesse game, and like this is kind of where that Wiggly style of pattern, like where it came from, it was here. Yep. Charlie's old Mister Wiggly, um, but we're lucky enough to have that clear water where our fish get spooky. But man, we'll have fish that are five pounds swimming in a foot and a half water that will come up and sip an old Mr. Wiggly off the top like a cutthroat <laughs> trout. That's so sweet. That's awesome. It yeah. is the coolest thing yeah, ever. So that's also know, why you've ran twelve thousand trips through there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Because now our next patterns are gonna be midge patterns. We're gonna be fishing a size twenty two or And and yeah. we get that. You know, when, when we're, but we have to, we have to throw uh, on the edge of one of the shelves and hope that there's a fish sitting in there. Well, like, and, like, no, we, though, like, we do have smaller like creeks like that we typically do have to walk and wade, but you can at times float and they are very, very susceptible to wigglies there mm-hmm. because I mean, it's, it's typically them fish are all in, you know, for the most part, two, three feet of water. And when you get to that time of the year, like where they're moving off the, you know, the, the you know, main bigger bait, that's they're they're very conducive you, to that. So you guys do you do see it, but oh, absolutely. But I will yep. say, I, I will say, like like you guys had mentioned before, like fishing in some of that dirtier water, like those fish are probably just susceptible to bait fish and bigger popping bugs. Um, might be your advantage it is i think it makes them more opportunistic because they don't have all that room to see so when they do they got to act on it quick sure sure the biggest thing i've noticed is for me i have to 
we have to work our surface poppers a little more than on like a gin clear water. So yeah, sure. You know, with with like your boogle bugs, you strip and then wait and wait and wait, like a real gentle yeah. twitch. We've got yeah. to, we've got to give it a little more ass to say, yeah. hey, hey, we're here. Yeah, I mean, right. you get you get twelve to eighteen inch, you're pretty solid. You got twelve eighteen inches of viz, you're doing good. Yeah. That's plenty that's, for what that's we're cool. At. But but they can feel that bug though. You know, oh they, yeah, they, oh, they, they, they can yep. feel that bug. I'll tell you what, just just in what I've noticed over the years, like I have watched boogle bugs hit the water with clients where I'm standing in my roller seat in clear water and I watch a boogle bug hit the water. I have seen a smallmouth move 30 feet to a boogle bug. He felt it that far away. That's insane. Move slowly. Crazy. You know, like, so even, even wigglies and stuff like that, like just like a small, small disturbance. Those fish are so perceptive to all of that stuff that's going on down there. It's amazing. But, uh, yeah, but in those darker waters like that, I can see where adding a little bit more movement to that popper. Because for us, when somebody casts a boogle bug out, like, you cast it, and when it hits the water, that's pop number one. You don't pop it again. Like, when it hits the water, that's its first, first inkling that, hey, I'm here. And then you let that run bump it from there on out you know what i mean by bumping it like it's not the go bloop it's the bloop, that type of thing yeah and so we, and we go and uh, on my big river i go about halfway in between yeah you know, not like not like i would with a musky fly where i'm you know trying to let the eagles know that there's something in the water <laughs> <laughs> right i know what you're saying but like it's like you you want him, you want him to notice it, but yeah. you don't want to scare him. It's got to disappear right. for three seconds for it just to work. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys uh, and just you're a strictly seem, seem to fish a lot of top water uh, throughout the season. Do you find that uh, crayfish flies come into play at all, or do you just stay away from that? And you know, I do like crayfish. Like I said, like I still think my favorite favorite pattern is whitlocks near enough crayfish i hate tying them because it's such a meticulous pattern and, and customers get them hung up all the time and then you just lose like a ten dollar fly instantaneously like every five seconds uh-huh. um but uh you know if you were to just dissect the hard part is same situation that you guys are when you put your boat in i don't know how many miles you cover but i'm covering six to eight miles every day on my trip there is a million places to fish in that six miles, but I, I've been down the river so many times. Like I, I know where to go for the best. I, I put my day into a pie chart and I'm going to just fish the top 90% of everything. You're allocating mm-hmm. your time properly. Absolutely. However, to dissect that down and get out and fish every one of those buckets with a crayfish pattern or a clouser or a jigging pattern through that, uh, we would catch a shit ton of fish. Yeah. It just take you forever. It would take you forever. And the size of fish that we are catching on those patterns is far smaller than what I'm catching on the top. Now, how about like if you were to take that up a notch and go to some of like some of the newer, bigger swimming crayfish patterns, you think that would be something like more effective as well? Or is that just kind of not conducive for that water there? Well, you know, I mean, it, it boils down to this. Like when we look at like fly patterns and fly sizes and what has happened, in the paradigm shift in the last 20 years of smallmouth fishing that I've seen, uh-huh. we've gone from fishing woolly buggers and black nose dace and, you know, 
stupid little trout streamers as our small mouth flies because that's what was available at the time. That's what we fished, muddler minnows. That, that's what was out there. This is pre-Kelly Gallup modern streamers for trophy trout. This is pre any of the big blames changers. Like we're talking a long time ago. One thing that I've found with some of those big flies is if the fish are hot and in the mood, like, man, you're going to catch all of them on those big flies. But a lot of times in the summer, we have a lot of passively feeding fish that will not chase nor won't want to chase. And some of that big stuff doesn't, doesn't do it. Some of that smaller, more finessey stuff, I can change their minds and make them eat the smaller stuff. Yep, no, I know exactly what you mean. That's how a lot of our rivers are here, too. I mean, you just reach that point where it's like you don't even bother taking it with you. That's that's what I love to fish. That's what I'd rather fish. You know, if I'm fishing yeah. smallmouth, I'd want to fish three to five, that range. Okay. Uh, I mean, you also, can't. Uh, Sometimes you can't. say this. Take a look at some of these rivers now. When you guys started first fishing these rivers that you're fishing, I'm going to ask you guys a question. When you first started fishing these rivers that you're fishing right now, where there are a lot of guys fishing smallmouth on these rivers at that time. Well, a yes and no, because I mean, yes, there there's a lot of gear wise, oh, okay. fly fishing wise. No, but okay. it, it definitely yes, I, I've seen where that has started to pick up on that end. Yeah. Okay. The only reason I ask is even gear guys, like we have gear guys fishing our water. When we first started fishing the rivers in northeastern Wisconsin and we started fishing Murdoch minnows 20 years ago we caught all of the smallmouth every day like we caught <laughs> all of them like like we we could put 50 fish in the boat like 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 we catch all of them and I will tell you that the big streamer game on rivers that do get fish like man our fish know yeah our fish have smartened up to that shit and I don't know if you've seen the same thing, but like, I think I abs- they have a better memory than what 100%, we think. Hundred percent. Like, and Jay uh, yeah. and I talk about all that that like all the time because five six years ago it was nothing to go out after work and throw around some of like gallops patterns, you mm-hmm. know, three four inch, and you would catch four five six fish. Now, yep. I mean, you just don't see them fish. And if you do, right. you've really got to get down to them and kind of work to them and like a lot of the same areas that, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, and you ver- find your that verbatim. They follow it and don't eat it. I switch flies every year. Like, I switch yeah. my main fly every year. It was, it was a game changer a couple years ago. Went yep. to Leggy Boys a little heavier this year, a little more jiggy style uh, yep. with some lead in the head or uh, like some dumbbell eyes just to change up what I'm doing. And every year I kind of have to, I feel like I just switch a little bit because. The stuff that was working really well last year isn't working quite as well as it did, you know. Yeah, and in the la- in the last couple of years, as long as I avoid anything that looks like a Ned rig, I can catch fish. <laughs> I can catch fish on the Allegheny. That's, that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> and I'm trying to tie a fly that looks exactly like a Ned. Rig. <laughs> but that's but what ninety nine percent of the gear guys are using on the Allegheny or Ned rigs everywhere. And. And there aren't right. many fly guys on the Allegheny for well, you. You have you have that to your advantage at least because you are at least showing them something different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, here's the thing that we've seen now. Now we're in a different different situation because like I have I have clear water and fish that will you know that can visually see a long distance. So we're 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 different that way. The thing our fish have not caught on to is our big fish have not caught on to the wiggly game, even though it's been over a decade that we've been 
kind of fine tuning our, our deal on the Wiggly game. I think we've hit the cusp of they just can't tell if that's real or not. You know what I mean? It's so small and it's so finessey that um, they just haven't come into it. Big streamers, they know what's up with those big streamers on our rivers now. Yeah, and it's so little. Um, it's I'm sorry. It's so little work for a fish that's sitting a foot below the surface to come up and sip uh, mm-hmm. that protein rich Mister Wiggly compared to chasing down a bait fish too. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Do you uh, find with fish in clear water like that um, your approach having to be a little different to where you're not just sitting and casting, you know, just straight out from the side of the the boat. Maybe casting down forty fives, being as or or sneaking down to the fish. However, you're gonna fish to them. Oh, that's that's a super good question, because it is all about the approach. Like I'm going into those situations, I'm fishing those wigglies in very specific water types. It might be that knee deep water that's kind of boulder strewn crayfish bottom where I know the fish are up there hunting but they might not be chasing like I, I've been up there where like I can see seven or eight smallmouth that are over 17 inches just swimming willy-nilly about you know they're not chasing stuff and I've put streamers in front of them and they want nothing to do with it but with those wiggly patterns something super important go in quiet and whether it's a wiggly or just a, a bug like a topwater bug it is that 45 degree downstream. If you are casting straight out from the boat, like, man, they know that we're there. That cast has to be 45 downstream uh, all the time or we're not going to get those fish. So when you're casting the wigglies, do you prefer to have something like a little bigger of a taper on the end of the line, like a little heavier taper so you can pick up and throw a lot longer or like, you know, like a quick shoot almost? Nope. Actually, we just did something uh, with scientific anglers this year. I, I, Brad uh, Beefus from Scientific Anglers called me because we were talking about fly lines. And, you know, traditionally, a lot of guys are using these big heavy tapers like the bass bug from SA, which the bass bug is two lines heavier than what its designation is. It's two lines bigger. So if you're fishing an eight, you're fishing a ten. If you're fishing a six, you're fishing an eight. That's what it is. Um, but guys can fish those. They can pick it up and they can bomb casts out. But there is no finesse with any of those lines, whether it's the SA bass bug or like an outbound or any of that kind of stuff. Like they're all the same. They can cast a kindergartner, but with zero accuracy and zero <laughs> finesse. So. So, like, Brad built us a line. Well, it's in their lineup right now. But it's called the Amplitude Infinity Smooth Warm Water from Scientific Anglers. And our guide staff was responsible for putting that together. But it is a much stiffer core for warm weather fishing. It's got a it's a more grain weight to line weight line. So it's really for better casters. This is not for somebody who, like, needs to overline their rod three yeah, sizes, someone that wants to carry it and actually cast and not just fire it out yes, there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this has a it? real long okay. rear taper on it that is meant to be carried, you know, 50, 60 feet, yep. but with accuracy. So this line is specifically designed for nice. um, Google Bugs and old Mr. Wiggly's. That's yep. what we made that line for. 
Perfect. No, and that makes 100 percent total sense. It. That's yeah. That's no, exactly what you mean. And you can mend it. You guys know how those big heads are. So you yep. go directly from a big head right to running line and or handling line, and you can't mend that. This has got that real long real rear taper. You can throw those micro mends in there and still get that drift going. Awesome. Mm. So, what, re- repeat, yeah. uh, repeat again. That is the amplitude warm water. It, it's called uh, the. Um, it's, it's amplitude infinity warm water. It's the infinity smooth warm water. So it's got like so, a, so it's probably got a mono core. So it's like a summer it, only line. It is a mono core, but it's not as stiff as some of the mono cores that get super coily. So that was something I was really look. I told him I, we can't have just a super stiff mono core that when it's 60 degrees out, guys can't, you know, handle this line. Yeah, yeah that's one of my biggest pet peeves on earth. Yeah, yep, I got <laughs> it. It's a coily line. Yep, yep. So, but yeah, Amplitude, <laughs> Infinity, Smooth, Warm Water, and it is it is the wiggly line. But there's some guys who are going to hate it, and I hate to say this. It's going to sound like kind of an asshole thing, but, like, those guys probably can't cast real well. Because uh, this line is made for casters, it's it's a line weight to grain weight kind of thing. I'm just sitting here thinking that Winston, yeah, because you know, like, that, oh that thing just see how Winston. smooth how that is. I'm just thinking, man, that would line up with that rod. Because that's why I throw Wigglies on. I have a, of an older Boron two five weight because it's nice because you could just sit and make nice and you could just carry it. That sounds yep. so perfect yeah. for that rod. It, I was that's, thinking of my the line. I was thinking yeah. of my R eight too with oh, how yeah. with how technical it, that yeah. is. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of the whole deal. You guys look at this. Look at how many fly lines we all own Could that have. are in the sinking category. You know where it's like, okay, I have an intermediate, and then I've got mm-hmm. a sink two, sink three, and then I've got a four six, and I've got you know all of these lines. But all of us usually just have like a floating line that we use. Correct. And man, yeah. I've got yeah, floating yep. lines that need to do a bunch of duty. I still have shallow water, so I don't need a sinking line. But I'm throwing big meat. But then I also have that Winston that you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I want to carry line and like be like Jedi accurate with this thing. Yep. And it is, I mean, it's not, it's just like you had mentioned earlier, like with boats, we were talking about that. You can't fit the bill on everything. I mean, nope. you've got like a Sage payload, you chuck meat with, and you got a Winston like That's that it. to carry. And it's all, it's, they're tools at the end of the day, they are a tool and you got to you know, yep. use them properly. And that's kind of the benefit, like of going out with some people like you guys. Everything's used for a specific purpose to do the job. And it's, it was it was one of those things that just kind of bummed me out a little bit with like the line world. We just kept going to these big, big, big lines that now granted everybody can throw them, but man, they're just not a ton of fun. Like what's more fun than standing in the pointy end of the boat and being able to carry like sixty feet and like strategically striking every point yeah. at forty five down there. And that's when- the best. When you're on when you're on a float, whether you're fishing or guiding, when when somebody puts that fly in between two twigs that are sticking yeah. out on the like that's everybody's like yeah nice cast oh and like, we're all in yeah everybody's, that's the whole team the that's whole team it is we in. love it yeah yep so so, so but, finding a line that'll help you do that is is key I was really happy and it was I, I have to commend scientific anglers on that I mean they reached out to me on that like. What, what line are you talking about? What do you want? And uh, so they were listening, you know, nice. in the bass world, they're listening. What, the bass world is making splashes. Like, 
it's a big deal now, fellas. Smallmouth, when I first started, was not that big of a deal, and now it's it's a pretty big deal. It's a thing. Yeah, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things. And the these best. guys musky fish more than I musky fish. I basically smallmouth fish most of the season. Well, smallmouthers are when musky season's oh, yeah. out. And, that's smallmouth yeah, time. Sure, that's exactly. And you guys are catching a lot of smallmouth while you're musky oh, fishing, so but more, uh, almost uh, yeah. more smallmouth than musky. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, and, but again, <laughs> absolutely. I, I spend a lot of time. That's what tells me you shouldn't musky fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta follow. What a great day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, my wife, when I go home, she's like, well, did you get anything? I'm like, oh, we had two follows. She's like, oh. One right, cool. What you mean? <laughs> was it in the boat? <laughs> no, right, right. but it was a good day. It didn't follow it into the boat <laughs> or into the net. Yeah, but we're seeing the same thing in the musky world too, where now there are companies out there building musky lines, asking musky anglers, "What do you want?" Well, you, you you look at the musky world. Like we've got a guy that works for me, Gavin, who I don't. You guys should do. He's a quiet dude, but man, that is the most musky catching musky fishing dude i know on the planet he holds the wisconsin state musky record five times but never registered it because he just doesn't care My so man. he's got a he's got a 55 and three quarter like wow like, uh, like like in wisconsin and like just didn't register it like i just just a lot of effort however <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's <laughs> hanging out doing a lot of fun things after uh fishing yeah 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 but he guys full time for us. But you look at the musky thing and what's happened years ago when we first started selling musky stuff. Man, it would be like, okay, you get a ten weight and this shitty fly line and just go whale around with this floating line. And and now look at production rods under three hundred bucks now. They're good production musky specific rods for under three hundred bucks. And with the advent of some of these new lines, like. I, I've been a real fanatic forever, but man, Scientific Angler has been making such good stuff. Um, but like their whole sonar series, like that's changed the whole game on musky fishing. Like you can cast sinking lines because they cast like fly lines. Yep. Right. Yeah. And even like Change. now, I mean, like myself, I'm, I'm tying 50 hours, 60 hours a week. So like my body takes a toll. And yeah. the new two-handers that are out now, it is amazing. Like, I can go out there, and I can fish all day long and then, like, not yep. have any fatigue. And the and just the stuff that's, you know, that's, it has, it's over the, you know, even, like, ourselves. We use all Cortland here. But they have a whole plethora of different lines now from salt water to um, even musky now that are just, you know, meant for it. And it's it's changed, you know, completely, tenfold. Fun to watch. I'm like an old guy. Like, I'm... I'm old and it's been fun to watch all of this happen. Like between the smallmouth, just the warm water game in the Midwest and where you guys are like, man, we got to see this all happen, guys. It's pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but 20 years ago, it was steelhead, 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 and more steelhead, right? I mean, yeah, honestly, and, and now it's us, all a, a lot of different stuff now, it seems like. When we first started out, the shop's been open 23 years, February 1st. We, we started out, we would go to all of these shows, we'd have a booth, and we'd talk about drift boats and smallmouth bass. And, man, we got laughed out of most of the shows because it was just all so trout-centric. They're like, you want us to go to Wisconsin to fish bass, you know? 
and now 60% of our customers are flying to, to fish with our guys. They're flying in from somewhere <laughs> to fish. It's a thing. That's, That's awesome. awesome. How close is your closest airport? Uh, Green Bay, Austin Straubel Airport. We fly into Green Bay and they rent a car and you're 50 minutes from where you stay, way up north, and then you have access to 118 miles of water that we guide. I'm asking for a friend, of course. A couple friends. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my in-laws live in Illinois. So oh, if, yeah. So if I can drop my family off. No, the good ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how, how nice. We're going on a family trip. I'm going to fish with TMLC in five days. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I want to do. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So... But yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff, fellas. And it's, it's fun to see all of the guides and, you know, what's happened cumulatively, not just in the Midwest, but kind of amongst all of the smallmouth guys that have appeared in the last decade or two decades, how far, how, how far the sport of smallmouth fishing has come quickly. Uh, yeah, we're, we're only like four hours away from uh, Schultz. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, just to see... Who would have ever thought a fly shop in Ypsilanti, Michigan? <laughs> Could have become just another smallmouth hub. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like, yep. like in, in my brain, there are two smallmouth fly shops, and that's you and that's Schultz. Uh, and this is what Schultz and I do. This is it. Just we just love bass. Yeah, and and, and but in Michigan, in Michigan, that's even a tougher nut to crack because it's like it's trout and steelhead. Yeah, and they're. They're, uh, you know, a 10-minute drive away from Detroit. When you think right. Detroit, do you think smallmouth bass fly fishing? <laughs> oh, beautiful Detroit in July. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, do you even Honey, think... we're vacationing in Detroit. Do you even think clean water? <laughs> All right, hey, so... No, that... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I have talked to Schultz. They have found a couple of bodies on the river, so oh, oh, oh. I, I have not. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased about that. You've got that on me. We're, we're running you pretty long here, but I have a couple more things I want to talk about. Um, first, um, beer. How do you get your own beer? How did you get your own beer? Because we need to get some SVS beer of some sort. I don't know how we can do this, but how did you do that? You have tight lines beer? Pretty- that was pretty sweet. Uh, my yeah. friends over at Gnarly Cedar Brewery, um, this dude Adam's gotten to be a good friend. He actually grew up close to the Menominee River. When he found out about uh, the mine, he's like, what can we do? And they own a vineyard and a brewery. He's like, let's do a collaboration beer. And uh, that's how that happened. So maybe I just tell him, like, my buddies at SVS need a beer. Heck we yeah. need an SVS we need beer. To... You do. We you do. need some tight lines. You need some tight lines. Midwest Coast IPAs as well. I'm I bet down they for taste sampling great. all of it. Yes, so. I bet they taste great. I'm having one as we speak. Awesome. See, that's what I was getting at. I, I can't drink the IPAs. Well, that's it, fair. It, well, it, we're gonna come up well, with something with. I'll you. take it, his. It, it gives me immediate gout. <laughs> Does it really? Oh, I mean, like within four or five hours, my big toe is like you fat. Fucker. <laughs> Chase it with. Uh, Don't ever drink another IPA. <laughs> Absolutely. Chase and it with cherry juice. Chase it with the yeah, tart cherry juice and colchicine. <laughs> it is, it Sounds is funny delicious. About the beer, like, Sounds delicious. My, my mother, who, it, you know, when I opened the fly shop, 
years ago, they're like, oh my God, poor Timmy, he's going to, he's going to die. This is never, you know I mean? They all, if, all your parents want the best for you, but they were pretty concerned. And then I wrote a book about smallmouth bass and they're like, he wrote a book. There must be a lot of pictures in it. And then, uh, <laughs> and, and then I think it's funny that like my 80 year old mother is like, he has a beer, you know, like that. Now I've, I've made it. Now you've made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've made it. Hell with the book. Beer. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, your, your book changed my smallmouth fishing game, like for the better. Because even awesome. even in my dirty Allegheny River, the whole shelf concept never never hit with me, right? Like, because it's boulders. Like we've got runoff from the mountains where boulders come down and they line up in the middle of the river, and that's where you found your fish. The end. Yeah. But there are still shelves, and I never fished them. And I, I read the book a couple times, and I'm like, I don't think I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and then, no, it's. It's it's a deal because we'll see guys going down the river right now in the summer, and I can watch guys in a boat go down the river and bang the banks super hard, and they're they're pounding the banks whether with gear or flies. And the whole time I'm thinking like I don't know if they know that they're fishing in three inches of water right now, but they are, right? You know, and you pull off of that what we refer to in the book is that second shelf, like where it's like this is the original kind of riverbed here you pull out like that's where they are that's where they live yeah that was that's, that's the deal i've gifted that book at least a half a dozen times to people it's awesome man thank you uh just you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to H has it been a pretty good seller i imagine it has it has it's, i think it's in its fourth printing right now so um yeah it's 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 sold really really well i've talked to the guys at anglers book supply and like it's it's doing well it's sold thousands and thousands i think we're close to like twenty five thousand copies of it holy hell that's a lot dude, that's hell, awesome yeah, so what i'm trying to do and i haven't put it together but i thought it'd be so fun is you know dave karzinski and myself are like the, the main authors on the cover but bart landwer nate sipple charlie pate we're all contributing authors as well and I thought we do this in an audio book, audio book. And then with the audio version, you get like the beer drinking breakdown chapter by chapter of all four of us kind of talking about it chapter by chapter, like in, in a more like this kind of an environment. I thought that would be a, a, a sweet, sweet addition to it in an audio version. That would that would be awesome. And off completely off topic, my wife runs a publishing company that has an audio book wing uh so, so if you ever want to make that a reality uh i know a lady you got you you got a person i've got okay. a person okay we, we need to <laughs> chat i will get you a beer you get me the audio book let's go giddy up let's do this <laughs> all right i'll get my white hat out i'm supervising this operation <laughs> for the beer <laughs> that's right <laughs> for the beer. um another topic i wanted to, uh, that i saw on instagram trolling you um <laughs> it was happy birthday, and there is no way on my birthday. Well, I, I slept on a hard rock on the side of the Niagara River uh, on my birthday at, at 2 a.m. to get the spot, or 3 a.m. to get the spot that I wanted. You had to get up at Pretty 2. Pretty hardcore. Uh, but your birthday, you did something even more hardcore. You you did like a fitness test at 51 years old. Yeah, I, it, it was I, amazing. I, happy birthday, by the way, too. Well, thank you. That's My wife thinks I'm crazy, like, 
Last year for my 50th birthday, I went out and ran a half marathon in the morning. And then this year I did, it was called the Murph, where you wear a 20-pound weighted vest. You run one mile in the weighted vest. Then you do 100 pull-ups. Then you do 200 push-ups, 300 squats with the vest. And then you finish it with a one-mile run. And then I came home and she made me a triple Bloody Mary. And I found out after that much exertion, all you need is one of those Bloody Marys. Oh, I bet. You're wasted. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> that's a good accomplishment. I've, I've done a Murph without the vest, and that's, that's, that's saying something, man. Congratulations. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, it was, it was something. So do you, uh, are you a fitness guy? I mean, I did one 5K this past year. And I did it about. Did you just hear what he did? Well, I understand. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you serious? <laughs> I, I, you I don't just, just like, like I get up this morning. Yeah, a pound of bacon. I just went and did the Murph. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, just, those are some good knows? genetics right there. Who knows? Pop up, <laughs> up in the mornings. <laughs> hey, some guys can pop off of the couch and just do things, you know? Yeah. I'm I mean, sure. I ran. I, I ran bourbon the night before, and I don't work or run or work out. Ran when I was younger. Ran a 5K in 26 minutes, which is Terrible. Is, what do you do for your workout regime? I mean, geez, are you out there? What do you run a 5K in like 22 minutes? <laughs> um, I'm running, I think, like, I, I don't know what I run a 5K, but like I run in the morning and I'm I'm running about seven minute miles, seven times. Oh, yeah, that's good then. So that's fast. Um, but uh, I just started exercising like 2018. I just took took things. I, I was I was doing some elk hunting with Luke Kavachak, who guides up on Schwamigan Bay for smallmouth, Kyle Zempel, Black Earth, and these guys are a fair amount younger than me. So, like, I figured I have to do something. So, no, I just kind of took fitness into my own hands, and I try to exercise four or five days a week and makes the uh, the guide season easier, you know, because I'm the oldest one up there. You know, I've got a bunch of kids working for me, so I can't look like a giant, you know, doodle head. <laughs> have you ever tried like the spartans or the tough mutters i got into those and those are a lot of fun i, I have not though but take take a look at that for the next challenge like 52 uh, I'm, i'll tell you right now that the those uh those spartan races um even on the the starting level spartan races that are 5ks 21 to 26 different types of uh physical tests i'll say uh, they're they're fun uh, i'll be honest you have to be a little sick in the head but I did a def- I, definitely. I, I did a tough mutter in 2018 because you're allowed to walk. Yeah, <laughs> the tough mutters are fun. You get like a good group That's of people awesome. together. Tough mutter is a good time, but the Spartan is, is a yeah, good I'm, challenge. I'll try it. The, the dude at the gym told me he said, "Well, you did the you did the uh, the Murph." He said, "Let's do a half yeah. mur- marathon in the Murph." I'm like, That's "Man, that Spartan seems- Ultra." Yeah, I. That seems like a big one for twenty for fifty two. I don't think that's a good idea. Shouldn't I go like in the opposite direction? Like as you get older, you don't do something bigger. Yeah, uh, maybe drink a twelve pack and then don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's gonna be the best birthday ever. Yeah. <laughs> measure the measure the opposite reaction of having a bloody mary without all the exertion. <laughs> oh, God. No, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna do a marathon. I think I'm going to train for a marathon, even though I hate running more than anything. I hate running. Same. Absolutely despise okay. running. I do, too. And everybody told me, they're like, oh, man, when you start running, you're going to get these endorphins going. You're going to love it. Well, my, it's been five years of me hating it. No, my brother-in-law five years. My brother-in-law is a D1 collegiate runner. He ran for Duquesne University. And, mm. and him and my sister, they're total fitness freaks. 
This dude is a freak athlete. He is amazing. He's, he, yeah, he's one talk, of those guys. Yeah, they talk about this runner's high all the time. Oh, you'll get a runner's high. I'm like, shit. Yeah, when you're I mean, I, I, man, I, I, you know, I might partake now and again, and it ain't nothing like that. I'll tell you that. I mean, it, it's the not runner. there. Ain't no high there that I'm ever trying to get. No. I'm like, I, I feel, it, 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 feel like shit. I well, get Bart, the runner's Bart high was, after. But. Bart was a runner, and he's like, Tim, you're eventually gonna love it. Like, I run four days a week before, I'd, like, I do a bunch of other you know, core stuff and just try to stay in shape for rowing and stuff like other than running. <laughs> it's been four years of running four days a week. And I still absolutely hate it. If it's going to, if it takes any longer than that, like it's this. Yeah. Yeah. No. My I'm runners, just never going to like it. My runner's high is when they put the paddles on me when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Clear. Yeah. I am. A, I am strong like bull, but I don't do cardio. <laughs> No, it 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 has it has been good though. Like just just kind of staying in, in in reasonable shape, you know. As you get older, like like I said, I get I I make it a point to still guide, even though like we have the fly shop, you know, in in De Pere that I have to run, but I still guide all summer long, and I'm only up there three or four days a week with the guys. But you know, I want I want to be in the mix with those guys, and you how know, many, it's how many guides do you have? Uh, right now we have six, so we run six guide trips seven days a week. Uh, pretty much May through middle of September for smallmouth. And then we whittle it down to just two muskie guides. We've got Nate Sipple and Gavin Marquardt guiding muskies until ice. Um, but, you know, typically we're up to seven or eight guides. We've just lost a couple of them to, like, these pesky women, like, seem to, like, marry these guys and yep. have babies. That's and it's really... Nice that really, really messes with my program. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how much those women and babies don't care how much you want to fish. Right. They don't, man. Crazy. They really can get two shits crazy. about that. They're like, what do you mean you're going fishing again? Yeah, so have three kids. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's, 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 that's the move. This is why I have one. Well, I, I was like, one, one kid, I'm like, if I have more kids, I'm going to have less time to do what I want to do, so we're going to have <laughs> one kid. Yeah. Well, my my kid's starting to turn into my fishing partner, though. So we're, get, we're, getting, we're getting to that point, though, which is awesome. That's big. How old's your kid? He's 13. Yeah. yeah, I've got my son, Bear, who's a giant little outdoorsman. He's a pretty rad dude, and he... He fishes like he can fly cast, but ninety percent better than all of the guys that come fish with me. But he he was born nice. into it. Like it's so cool. He was working in the fly shop this summer. And how old? You know, he's he's fifteen. He's yeah. gonna okay. be sixteen. Awesome. I have a son so, whose name is Bear. Do you? Yep. And he is six months old, so he can't <laughs> cast for shit. <laughs> yeah, get him up to speed. He's already six yeah, months old. What yeah. are you doing? Give him a That's few more parenting. weeks. I got my seven-year-old in the deer blind yesterday, though. And that That's was so awesome. It was awesome and <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> I remember it that. was frustrating, but I had to uh, I had to not be my dad and I had to be yeah, mindful. Good job. And I had to be it mindful to not it be my work. dad. It didn't work. <laughs> I'll tell you what, fellas, we're, we, we, we got to do a podcast sometime. on just like kids and like like teaching them like this stuff, because I had the best ever training session just owning the fly shop, watching guys come in, telling me how frustrated they were taking their kids fishing and stuff. Like, it turned me into a great teaching dad to the point where, like, okay, we fish for five minutes. You want to get a hot chocolate? Like, that's cool. That's what we go do. And now, like, both my kids dig it. Like, yeah. they like to hunt. They like to fish. They like to do all that stuff. Oh, and I absolutely I, want to do that podcast. I, yeah, and I I'm definitely – 
man, my dad did that for me. I took my daughter out um, once hunting with me this season. Just, yeah. Just to be out there, you know, 15 minutes yeah. in, like my, we were in a little spot. My dad was coming, yep. like going to sit for a second. Then he was going to yep. go through a little brush field to us. And yep. I mean, five minutes, 10 minutes, we couldn't, we couldn't have been there for whatever time. And it's, she's, when's Papa, when's, when's Papa coming through? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. But, but yeah. just having her out there, she, and then she's lasted four hours with no phone. I was very yep. proud of just that in general, just being in the outdoors. I gave her That's my, uh, the little Merlin app on the phone. That was oh, the only man, thing she to did. Birds. Yes, like, we oh, got the yes, exactly. So awesome. We got to listen to birds out there, identify different different uh, woodpeckers, yep. different birds that were out there while we were sitting out in the woods. That kind of you know that kind of stuff well, goes a get, long you way. Get good stuff as you get older. Like so, if you if you scroll back in like my Instagram posts, like it was my daughter just graduated high school. She now goes to University of Minnesota, so she's at the U. She's on the rowing team at the U. But just before she graduated high school, it was her senior skip day. She didn't go out with her friend. She's like, Dad, will you take me smallmouth fishing? Nice. And yeah. like, so Ooh. so my 18-year-old daughter shows up that morning, and she's wearing, like, she's got her graduation hat and, like, her tassel and, like, her honors ribbons. Like, she's fishing in the boat holding, like, 18-inch smallmouth wearing her hat. Like, That's awesome. Like, those are my fishing partners now. Like, yeah. it worked. Whatever happened, it worked. So, yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, awesome. Man, that, is a, that is a dad win. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't make it about you when you start this. At the end of the day, it's got to be about them, right? When, when That's you start it. Taking you them you out. do it on you, their you gotta, terms. You got to be about them, not about you. And... and that can get frustrating a little bit, especially if if you're hunting or fishing. But I found hunting can get frustrating really fast. But anyhow, hunting is probably is another. Really we're diving into that other podcast yeah. now. My my um, cheat yeah. was I let him take his iPad. Yeah, that's fair. You yeah. know what though? Like it's like I'm gonna give you the pass on that only because it's like if you can keep him out there, like yep. And every now and then he'd pick his head up and look around and be like, "Do you see any deer?" And I'm like, "Nobody." <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Man, I remember my son shot his first buck with me last year out of this point. Like, I was sleeping. He wakes me up. He's like, Dad, there's a nice buck coming down the ridge. Should I take him? I'm like, huh? Yeah. You know, wiping the sleep <laughs> out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. Now he's bow hunting with us. and That's awesome. It's a, it's awesome. a different podcast, but, like, yeah, you can you you can suss that out. Awesome. Now yeah. it's good. Let's hey, do that. Yeah, we uh, so we're running, we're running a pretty long now. Hey, anything we haven't hit on that you want to hit on, Tim? I think I think we did it. I, I think, think we, we did, did it. Good. Awesome. Um, well, hey, have a good time getting your guys from your guide shop the shit kit. I mean, we yeah. talked about that before. You'll see it on our. Uh, when does like, this air? Because I don't want to spoil the Christmas gift. It's going to air in the morning. It's going to air in the morning. Oh so. man, I just I won't post anything quite yet. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't don't just don't tell him you did it yet. And um, honestly, I, t- I went out to take a pee like uh, two minutes ago, and I was like, I'm really going to make this thing for us. <laughs> <laughs> like like a properly ba- branded, like it's happening. Oh, more to come. This, this is, is all pre. Awesome. This was during that break that we didn't talk about. So no, more, yeah, to, more to come. Yeah. I don't want to come. talk about it yeah, yet because I don't want. We got to keep this quiet. Yeah, I don't want Zach to steal well, I mean, our <laughs> idea. We got we to gotta maybe come up. Maybe you do a little micro podcast where we. We do a redo on what we talked about earlier. That would be <laughs> we, pure we, gold. We can that do that whenever you pure like. Gold. Uh, it could also gold. be the name Oz of the beer. Awesome. Yes, right there. we are. Yes, uh, we <laughs> well, definitely should do that. It was well, great it's, talking it's, to you. It, it's it's been it's been a privilege getting to f- talk to you guys the last 
I think we've done this like three or four times, so this is great. I'm glad I'm in your rotation, gentlemen. Awesome. We're always glad to have you. Hey, and uh, we I'm I'm hosting the fly fishing film tour here in Franklin, Pennsylvania, on January 27th. If you're interested in taking a very long drive to watch a two-hour movie. <laughs> well, well, I am interestingly enough, I am Sawyer Ors ambassador for all of the Midwest, and Sawyer Ors is sponsoring that. So I may be on tour with Sawyer Ors during that time. So I may see you. Awesome, outstanding. So That'd that would great. be kind of fun. That would be That'd great. Be great. Maybe we'd have an ale. I don't know. We'd all have more than a <laughs> ale. <laughs> some bourbon and some ales. Yeah, I'm okay. a I'm a whiskey guy. I'm I'm all of the above. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks so, again for coming on. We're gonna do this again soon because we've got some good ideas for future podcasts. So thank you for all right. that. Yeah, absolutely, guys. You guys have a great night. Thank you much for the opportunity. All right, buddy. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye. Wow. What a podcast with Tim. That was a ton of fun. He is a like-minded guy to us. Jeez. It, I, I, it's, Other than it's, the cardio thing, yes. I, I think we're very <laughs> simpatico. That's <laughs> the cardio. Uh, yeah. Uh, He's just a wonderful guy, and that was, that was a fun, fun time. That was a fun time. Um, so... You had an, a situation last night in your in your life, and the, you know, all right. You, so here's had, when I have this kind of situation, and we talked about it a little. The first person you call or you tell is your wife. Absolutely. For some weird reason, I you have to tell your wife that you pooped your pants. So so yes, that's what happened. I was uh, so today we had Thanksgiving with my family. I go to a friend's house for Thanksgiving Day. So last night I was uh, spatchcocking and deboning a turkey. Uh, so I'm just standing there doing dishes, and I shit my pants. And you spatchcocked your pants. <laughs> and and it wasn't one of those like where you get the cramp in your stomach and you're yeah. like, oh man, I have like 11 seconds to make it to the bathroom. Or it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna fart and I feel good about this one, and and it turned out to be a naughty oh, wow. fart. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't a rooter toot with a little bit of poop coming out. I was standing there, and my ass went, you're shitting. And my body went, you just shit your pants. Like, that's that's the notice I had. That's the warning I had. It was... We're, and you're, you're, you're I mean, uh, everybody... Mark Mark took off. His back was hurting. He's been sitting and tying tons of flies and doing his thing. But uh, all of us sitting at the table now are... Over the yep. age or forty or over, right? We've we've all done it. Oh yeah, it's but happened. Usually, but <laughs> this is the first time in my life that I've had absolutely zero warning or notice. <laughs> That's the best part. Of like the story. there there have been times where I'm like driving in the truck and I'm like, oh man, it's coming. Something's I need, happening. I need, I need to find some place now or pull over and sit on my my rock slider on the side of my sure. truck. Yeah. This wasn't that. Right before the show, yeah. I had a, I had a situation. This was, you're shitting now. <laughs> and that's what it was. It just, like I'm washing dishes, because I was only five yards from my bathroom. Wait, hold on. You wash dishes? Yeah. I made them. It was turkey stuff, and my wife was already in bed. I No, no, no. I cook, and then I leave it there. 
pole. And then something happens where like they, <laughs> they end, <met> the <laughs> next day. They, they end up in this thing <laughs> called a dishwasher. Is it like the I magic clothes basket too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought I, I thought just I, show up. I thought I married <laughs> one of those along with somebody to wash my goddamn clothes. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it comes to like, um, thank God my wife does not listen to this. And I'll yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you be. Hey, dead. be careful. Sometimes family listens when you don't yeah. think they will. <laughs> well, you know, I said something last weekend and my wife didn't hear it, so at least she didn't hear it through the rafters. Yeah, this was this was the absolute first time. Our floor joints, I should say. Where I shit my pants before I could register I was about to shit my pants. Oh man. Like it was it was past tense. <laughs> right. <laughs> I shit. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, the last time it's not well, I'm like, shitting, I shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's man. not it's not oh I got a cramp or oh I got a fart. So your so your O ring isn't working as well as it used to. Apparently not. It's, but this is the for, first time in 43 years that I've had zero warning that I was going to shit my pants. It's not mm. the first time in 43 years I've shit my pants. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Yeah. But I wasn't drinking. I hadn't, <laughs> I, wasn't drinking. I hadn't eaten anything really greasy. I was literally just standing there, and my body went, you're shitting. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so I text my wife. I'm like, I just shit my pants with absolutely no warning. And her response was, OMG. <laughs> what was she going to say? Go clean up? Uh, I was really hoping she would say, are you okay? okay. Yeah, those, those little words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would involve sympathy, though. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no sympathy. You're an idiot. What were you doing, you stupid ass? Exactly. Oh, it was. And I wasn't even embarrassed because it wasn't. It was just a thing. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I got drunk and crapped my pants. <laughs> sure, or, sure. But like, oh, I had 73 pieces of Kentucky Fried Chicken and <laughs> shit my pants. No, it was I was washing dishes and my pants. Got As I look at your belly and say, I don't know if you've had 73 <laughs> pieces in there, but you might yeah, have a good try. Yeah. My pants got shit upon and I later learned I did that. Hey, these, was, you know what we all say? These pants aren't going to shit themselves, right? That's not true. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, last time I had that situation, it was uh, I, I'm I'm. Um, I'm over a year now. Congratulations. I'm over Congratulations. a year. I'm over recovery, well yeah. over a year. I should get you a coin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm at like a year and two months or so without pooping my pants. Uh, right before we came on, man, I swear, I'm sitting there. My wife and I were down in the basement. I was adding some fire to the wood over here, or wood to the fire over here, the wood burner. And, uh, you know, big old fart. Okay, great. She's like, she looks at me like I'm a disgusting human being. And then, because I am. And and then right. next thing I know, I was like, oh, one more, maybe. Oh, oh, no, not one more. Not one more. I didn't touch cloth, but we're going to be okay. Yeah, I got to go. Mark comes <laughs> in. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the crapper before the show. I mean, you know what I mean? Hey, it happens. And, you know, Two-step shuffle. I'm, I'm 40, and I learned that you can't trust. No, it's not 40. It's 39 for me. It was 39. Can't t- cr- trust a fart so, after 39. So I have, I have one more shit story. Okay. Uh, it sounds great. So this is like eight years ago. I, I had Have you pooped yourself lately, Derek? It's been a couple of weeks, I'd say. Yeah. A couple of weeks, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had just gotten this new client and I, and I was take and I and I took her to lunch to go over everything with her to the to a local Mexican restaurant. And we are three quarters of the way through the meal. And I'm in a I'm in a full suit. Three quarters of the way through the meal, and I just go, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom right now <laughs> i'll be back so i do the the pinch waddle 
Do you take your jacket off in the stall? My my jacket was off because I was eating. Uh, and and I do the pinch waddle the whole way to the bathroom, and I get into the bathroom, and it's it's coming, and I'm like, oh no, this is so bad. I get into the stall, and I realize I have to back into the toilet, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's coming now. There's no stripping, whatever. So I rip, <laughs> I throw my pants down around my ankles. I rip my dress shirt off because I know this is going to be bad. <laughs> I bend over and back into the toilet, and my body goes, <laughs> beep, beep, nope, beep, my, my body beep. goes, now. And I'm still like Lefitating. two, and I'm still two feet from the toilet. <laughs> oh, my, my body goes, now. And it's just, <laughs> like someone shot a 12 gauge slug of shit. At this toilet and wall and floor, right? <laughs> so now I can't sit down because it's everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, it is it, the wall, the floor, the toilet is completely covered. <laughs> and I have a brand new million dollar client sitting out <laughs> in the restaurant waiting for me to come back. <laughs> so I have to figure out what the hell I'm gonna do, right? So. Luckily, the force of the shotgun blast kept most of it off of me. (laughs) But this entire bathroom, entire bathroom looks like a shit murder scene. (laughs) The guy who has to clean this, you feel bad for the guy who's going to clean this shit. So I take off my shoes. (laughs) Take (laughs) Take off my (laughs) shoes. I walk forward, take off my shoes. I take off my pants. I take off my boxers. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. What, what what do I do at this point? So I clean I clean myself up as much as I can. The boxers are lost. So so they they go in the garbage can. And I'm like, I just got to I just got to tell somebody um that there's been an accident. So I walk out, pull all my clothes back up. Sand, sans boxers. But I I've got my suit back on and I'm covered in sweat. I walk out, I reach into my pocket. I've got like $110 in my pocket, right? <laughs> Jesus. And I walk I walk over to the manager and I say, I had an accident. And he's like, it's okay. And I was like, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not okay. I, I wish it was trust okay. Me, trust me. It's, I didn't quite make it to the toilet and I'm, I am incredibly sorry. Here's all the money I have in my pocket. Take this. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. I'm like, I'm telling you it's not okay. <laughs> you You're going to walk in there and think that this is not enough money. <laughs> 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 and I am incredibly sorry. And he's like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I went, mm, we'll see. So I gave him the money and I, and I went out to my client and I'm like, she's like, are you all right? I'm like, I am not. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'm going to go pay for our meal and I got to, you know, I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm not feeling so well. She's like, okay. So I, I pay for our meal and I, I call my wife on the way home. I'm like, hey, I'm coming home. She's like, for what? I'm like, underwear. <laughs> she goes, again. <laughs> That's it. That's what she says. So, I heard, and, and this is hilarious because I heard one of the funniest things. You, you friended my wife on Facebook. I did. You did. So. Because I love your wife. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 awesome. It's it. Here, 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 here were her two takes that I heard from her. J- 
just and she would kill me because she would kill me if I said this on the air. I didn't know Chris was that bald. Oh. And holy hell, his wife is hot. Yeah, she's really hot. And <laughs> she's like, he's like, congratulations. Holy <laughs> shit, that woman should not be with that guy. <laughs> uh, he well out kicked his coverage, and I like she. Wow, his wife is really pretty. That's not what I imagined. <laughs> is it her? Both her exact words. So both she, pretty non complimentary of me. Uh, well, and she said. You have the best personality of anybody <laughs> she's ever met, and that's obviously how. Well, that's very you, nice. Of you her. know, obviously, you talked your wife into yeah, I'm some stupid you. things because, I mean, Jesus, I mean, the, I, I we went to uh, my wife's and I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, the uh, the Christmas party last weekend. We how stupid how stupid ugly guys we outkick our coverage. Oh Sometimes we can outkick like Chad. Chad's wife is gorgeous. Yeah, my wife gorgeous. You, you know, you just get lucky now and again. You're a stupid, ugly guy. You just have to talk your way into it. Every day I look over and I'm like, wow. I did good. How? Yeah, I did good. How? I, I, and I don't mean that in any... <laughs> no, I wasn't I'm, trying to be a dick. I was just I'm so, not remotely offended. Yes, her, her takes were, wow, his wife Especially is beautiful. And my wife knows that I shit myself on a monthly basis, and she <laughs> still sticks around. <laughs> oh, I know. Last time I was like, a first well, person I called was I believe my she wife said like, again. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, I'm coming for underwear. And she just goes, again. Bring me. It was bring me drawers. Last time I did it. it was, can you bring me some underwear? I know yep. you guys are off work. It's summertime. Yep. But so I, so I didn't go back to that place for two years. Uh, just, I mean... $110 is a fair amount of money, but it's not enough for what I did to hey, that Hey, look into the future. <laughs> hey, looking into the future, we're going to give you a little little lead. I'm not going to go too far into it, but SVS might be curing that. Yes. <gasps> I just thought of an, an addition. Okay. See, we're, we're going to be curing the uh, issues out there on the river because we all know when we're on the river. Gotta nature also calls always, and this is and this is just a, this is just a part of being outdoors. If you're going to be out there for that many hours, you know it's going to happen at some time. So mm -hmm. you might as well be prepared. I just um, oh the, this this edition we is have key. we have a fly tying night coming up this mm -hmm. Friday, and there are going to be some cool dudes there. If you can make it, this would be one to make it to. Um, I know my Christmas party is that night, but we're gonna. Probably end up at a bar right around the corner, so we might be able to stop in. If everybody doesn't mind, if I crash the party with my dad and a couple other buddies, Tim. Yeah, people we know that have been on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so mostly just cool guys and uh, hang out for a little bit and drink a couple beers before we go somewhere else. That'd be awesome. awesome. I'd like to come in. Uh, I Mark was giving us hints that Chris Raz and uh, Uncle Don will probably be around. So awesome. Guys that are out there grinding and musky fishing all the time. Yeah. Good fellas uh, that we've known that are just great friends to us. Yeah. And uh, Mark and I and Michael are going fishing on Wednesday uh, on Raz's favorite lake. So, Oh, really? Yes. It's not my favorite lake, but. Uh, we're that north end. Who talked you into that shit? Well, yeah. I need to run a bunch of gas out of my boat before the winter. That's a good lake to do it on. Yeah. So. I'm gonna run a bunch of gas. Hopefully that veggies should be gone. Yeah, by yeah. Now. It should be gone. Should be gone. Yeah. That's so a lot of pipe, a, lot, a lot of fish in there. Yeah, a lot of fish in there. Oh, no, that's we'll a great lake. Some of them. Yes. I like the inlet. I mean, 
You got to get up that north end, though. Yeah, I hate that lake. Uh, well, I just, I just, I did a lot of work on that lake. I just, I, I bet you did. So yeah, that'll be tying night. If if you can make it out, hey, it's this Friday. Uh, if you don't know where it is, uh, hit us up on the Facebook or the Instagram or whatever. We'll yes. give you a direct address. The Tada Dance Studio in Mercer will give you pretty much directions right to the front of it. Yeah, the exactly. Back side of the courthouse. Yep. It's around back, the block. Yep. yep. So, hey, make it out there. It's, it'll be a good time. We'll all be out there. Awesome. And then uh, the Fly Fishing Film Tour in Franklin on January 27th. And we were doing that at... The brewery again? No, it is going to be, we're doing a little different this year. We're going to do the showing first. So we're going to do a little expo in the theater. We're going to do a showing and then we're going to have a proper after party. So the showing is going to be at like three, three to five. So then at five o'clock we can go over to the brewery. We can get dinner. We can have beers. People can be home at a reasonable time if they so choose. Uh, and so one of the highlights for me was getting together after the show outside standing around a fire having a great time if we can do it that, really was yeah. yeah and if we can do that but i was hammered by then yeah if we can do that earlier and the theater has beer and they're going to have food and i i think we're going to have uh a fly shop set up in there that's going to have some merch and we're going to have uh, a lot of cool stuff so a little different format than last year we're not doing the brewery before we're going to do the brewery after It'll be a good time. Yeah, it, ticket, be, it was tickets. awesome last year. You did a great job. I had so much fun. Everybody that was there had so much fun. I think you having it a couple weeks earlier, it uh, last year in, interfered with one of my uh, nephew's birthday parties, so I didn't get to make it to that, and most of my family was there, but I, if that's not the case, I think most of the family will end up being up there and watching yeah, it. My dad loved it. Awesome. Uh, I know he'll want to bring his buddy Brian up, you know, because Brian's been... Uh, Wanting to get into fly tying a little more too, and I think I'm going to tell him about fly tying night Friday. He wants to just just simple things. Cool, you know, learning to just fly tie. Is this the guy with the scooter? Yes, awesome. Yes, he's awesome. He's a great fisherman. Sweet old man has been doing it for years, and he just gets the idea of the drift. Yeah, you I, know? I think we had it too late last year. People were fishing. People were hunting. Yeah. So we want to do it when there's ice on the water and people are jonesing to go do something fishing related. So January 27th, Barrow Civic Theater in Franklin, Pennsylvania. Also, tickets are significantly cheaper this year. Since we aren't uh, booking the brewery beforehand, uh, we're doing tickets for 12 bucks a piece, two for 20, uh, 15 at the door. So, I mean, they're almost half of what they were last year. So it'll be a good time. And we're still going to have a ton, ton of prizes and raffles and stuff like that. Same awesome. amount of stuff. Good job, man. I love Thanks, that. Thanks, man. Great work. Um, other than that, hey, uh, my Dallas Cowboys are playing Derek's yeah, Philadelphia yeah, Eagles yeah, right, now. Right, now. right now. You have a sweet, you have a sweet Kelsey jersey on right yeah, now. If to... if there was any guy, I would, I I when I see the Niners, which is Mark's team, I'm a Cowboys fan. So and then I see the Eagles over here with Derek. <laughs> oh my God, it makes me want to puke. I hate the Steelers too. So I mean, I'm I'm starting that way, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just man, it it. I we're watching the football game on this brand new TV that are not brand new, uh, used but bigger than new the last us. one that new was bigger than the used one that was in here last time, and it's wonderful. Thank you a lot, Chris, for the TV. It's a sixty some inch flat screen. We're sitting here watching uh, football on, and uh, it looks great. 
I love it. It fits perfectly in the room. Really brings the room together. It really brings the room together, man. <laughs> that rug. That rug. <laughs> it really brought the room together. Um, it's awesome. Thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, I love my – hey, man, I love my football. I'm in a battle right now to win my – get my fantasy playoffs. Uh, last year, I won the league, won my money. This year, who knows what's going to happen. Barely in the playoffs. You never know. Oh, no. Barely in the playoffs, huh? Oh, I, if I win, I'm in. If I lose, I'm out. Oh, that's not good. So, fighting for our lives. But, hey, hopefully Dak Prescott kicks your ass, uh, Derek, over there. Uh, not over yet. It's not, but you Dak's are, playing you guys good. Are out. It's not good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, but other than that, I would, yeah, it was just bullshitting for two seconds. That's it. I got nothing else. Right on. We are brought to you by Yeti, Built for the Wild, Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com, Cortland Lines, and A-Rex Hooks. Friends of the show, we have Queen City, Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Muskie Fool, and the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Thank you guys for tuning in. Also, we're going to put links on our Facebook page and in the show notes to the Coalition to Save the Menominee. Please check that out. Uh, donate if you can. If not, uh, when they have a call to action, send an email. Do something. Sign a petition. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.